Hello there and welcome to the Metal Epidemic Podcast, episode one. Uh, my name is Dave and uh, I'll be bringing you about 50% of the audible sexiness you'll be hearing on this podcast. Uh, the other 50 uh, will actually um, feel probably more like 80%. So by all accounts, <laughs> you're getting like 130% sexiness on this podcast, which I'm pretty sure... No other podcast offers, no of those numbers anyway. Um, so yeah, what I'm saying is you're going to get plenty of bang for your buck. And technically, this podcast is free, so you're getting plenty of bang for fuck all. Um, yeah, sorry. Anyway, um, introducing my podcasting companion, my main man, Duncan. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Dave, I am no science mathematician but i don't think you get 130 percent well maths has never been my strongest <laughs> but metal has so that's that's what we what we lack in our ability to count uh, we will make up in our ability to talk to you about amazing awesome heavy as fuck music uh, I'm, I'm excited about this this is this is a uh, the return after a lengthy hiatus of what was another metal podcast to come back and do another <laughs> metal podcast. And I would like to say that time has been kind to both of us, but it hasn't. Yes, this is true. I mean, people may be thinking, you know, the chemistry between these two hosts is it's goddamn electric. <laughs> Ex- explosive, some would say, Duncan. So, yeah, uh, offensive. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like they've done this before yeah yeah this is always as if we've done this before and through the 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 episode um i dare say we'll lean into some of those credentials but it's it's awesome to be back it's awesome yeah. to be doing a podcast out with my general comfort zone um, yeah. and back to what is the thing that brought us together as friends dave many moons yes. ago that shared love of the the music that offends a lot of people and to those that love it they will hold it near and dear to their hearts yes it has held us together for many years duncan mm-hmm. many many years yes um, oh yes uh as I, as I mentioned yes we have done something similar to this before um myself and duncan were involved in a, a reviews website many moons ago um called rock and roll reviews which covered all things punk rock metal and movies that's right yeah um, <laughs> um but unfortunately um, it came to an end in 2017. Um, as long ago as that. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. Fuck's sake. Yeah, three years. Um, but people of the internet have spoken, Duncan, and they have demanded that we fill that podcast void in their hearts. <laughs> yeah, because there's not enough podcasts out there. There is not. <laughs> there isn't. I don't know if you know this, Dave. Podcasts are a fairly new thing. What was interesting about it is, whilst I kind of took a step back, mm-hmm. uh, you've kept going, and this kind of the metal epidemic podcast has really spun off this idea that you had um, because you couldn't get promoters to stop sending you free shit. <laughs> Which I think is amazing. It's just like, just conti- you're like, no, there's no website anymore. And they're like, here, have some more. I know, it's, it's unbelievable. I think, like, since the website shot in 2017, there's, there are more PR companies, like brand new ones that I never dealt with before, still like sending us, sending me albums. Like every week, I'm like, Wait, the, the website isn't going anymore. And who are you? I haven't even spoken to you before. It's, it's mental. Um, but it, it kind of gave me an idea when all this stuff kept coming in. I was like, 
I, I kind of felt like I still wanted to kind of promote it, but mm-hmm. I just didn't have the time um, to give to like the, the website again. Like it was just, it's just too much for, for one person to kind of run. Um, and like, but, but then the, the, when the website shut down, there was like 20 odd reviewers. It was just like, it was mad. Like there was so much stuff coming in. There was so much stuff getting sent out every week. Um, so much, so much time was, was devoted to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought, you know, I still wanted to kind of keep my hand in and just kind of help promoting bands. As I love listening to new music. Like it's one of the, the best things, like finding a new band for me is like just the, the holy grail. I love it. Um, so I thought, you know, if I can still kind of promote bands and let people know about new music, new bands, then I definitely would do that. So, um, so yeah, so I created a, a little, uh, playlist on Spotify. Uh, it's called the metal epidemic. Um, and you can check that out. It's got, um, basically any new songs that come out from any new kind of metal bands, all different styles of metal, um, added to this playlist. It's about 250 songs. Um, and it's updated pretty much every day when new music. So if you are looking for stuff to listen to, don't know what to check out, looking for new bands, then that's probably the first place to start. Um, and then since then, I've now created kind of social media stuff. So there's Facebook pages, Twitter and all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, the pieces just kind of fell into place and <laughs> here we are. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. You're like, I'm taking a step back. I'll just I create a playlist and <laughs> an Instagram and a Twitter. And uh, yeah, well, I'm at a, just a wee Facebook page. And now I'll start a podcast. Um, I know. It's only a matter of time. Only a matter of time, Dave. I'm back with a started. <laughs> Twenty podcasters. <laughs> uh, you know, I, th- I, I know, I know where the thing. The thing about it is, you're right. There, there is a kind of, and as people will find it as this episode goes along and get to know us over the months that we do this, um, we both have our niches. We both have our our specific types of metal. Mm. that we really like or rock or industrial or whatever it is we both fall into our camps where we're like oh yeah this is this is my groove this is my sound but we're not kind of purists are we we do kind of jump quite a bit and what's interesting is like we have a, a whatsapp chat between the two of us which is predominantly 50 percent as saying if you listen to this band if you listen to this band have you checked out this this band came you know and a lot of that stuff is all it's all new music but what's really interesting about it is it's not one genre it's not like all death metal or all black metal or whatnot. It it, yeah. it jumps around and it can go everything from kind of like eighties synth wave right through to the most disgustingly offensive music you've ever heard. And I I'm with you when something hits you just right, a new bit of music, and you're on the cusp of that. There's there is like a there's a sense of satisfaction, but there's also a sense of excitement of I can't wait for other people. I can't totally. wait for my friends, but I can't wait for other people to to hear what I just heard, and hopefully they'll yeah. pick up on it as well. So, like that's kind of what I'm hoping comes out of the Metal Epidemic podcast is that we not only cover like bands that are well established that really don't sure. need a podcast like this to promote them, <laughs> yeah. but like where we can shine a spotlight on something new or something breaking. That's that's the exciting part for me because there there are too many bands out there. Um, doing my soapbox speech right at the start there are too many bands out there that don't have massive PR companies behind them that are really struggling to get a bit of notification if you thought there's a lot of podcasts out there you know times that by a million and that's how many bands there are so yeah just being able to even just say you know check out this or listen to this band or this band's got an album coming out we think you'd really like it I think that's going to go a long way to set us apart from a lot of the other podcasts out there yeah absolutely absolutely 
Um, yeah, so pretty much expect um, from this podcast um, a lot of promotion to bands that, yeah, you've, you've probably heard before, but promotion of a lot of bands that you'll never have heard before. And um, yeah, that's the goal, to try and get these bands out there to people for people to check out. Um, so yeah, this, this podcast, um, you know, we're looking at news, um, reviews, album reviews, um, recommendations, um, all sorts really. Um, but I thought... Well, actually, you thought. Um, <laughs> you can take credit. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I did that there, just, yeah, just l- Literally the only thought that I've had for this whole thing, and I did it 10 minutes before we started recording. <laughs> so that, that speaks volumes about me. Dave has meticulously planned this episode out, and my contribution was, was an idea in principle that sounded great, and yeah. then I've just not spent any time doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, before I, before I, before we do that, I wanted to just mention there was a little bit of music at the beginning of this podcast. Oh, yes, it was. Um, and maybe some of you are wondering who are they? Um, <laughs> As, not only is Dave going to tell you who they are, but don't be expected to ever track down the CD because um, I've been I literally been trying since about 2010 and the album came out, what, 2001, 2000, 2002? Uh, th- close 2003, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll just, I was just going to keep mentioning you. <laughs> oh, I need to be fair. Um, but yeah, like, this is like one of these ones that you had a physical copy of this CD yeah. and at the time I got a shot of, so ripped it on in my MP3 playing device of the era, circa 2003. And I played the shit out of this album and then through many different, laptops and hard drives lost it and you literally cannot find this fucking album anywhere which is no. soul destroying because it is the tits yep yeah and it is, it's um, pretty much the reason that i picked this band um it's a band that me and you both love i loved them for mega years um i think i want to say i picked this up when i was on holiday um, that sounds about right um we used to we used to go to florida quite a lot um and i'd always come home with like a pile of physical CDs back when they were cool, yeah. um, and I'm pretty sure this was one of them. Um, the the band are called Cyanotic. That's um, C Y A N O T I C. Not to be mistaken with Cyanotic, the dance band, <laughs> yeah. uh, which will come up if you type it into any search engine. Yes, this is true. Um, this band are from Vancouver. Um, and that track is from an album called Tragedy Plus Time Equals Comedy. Um, and as I said, it came out about 2003. Um, but unfortunately, the band are, are no longer active, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but yeah, that album is just stunningly good, like from start to end. I love that album. And I go back to it quite a lot. Um, as I said, you, you can't, it's not on Spotify or Apple Music or anything like that. Um, there are videos on YouTube of some of the tracks. Um, but uh, the album is is absolutely stunning. Um, the, the band, I think they did work on more material, and I think they had enough material for a new album. They started recording bits and pieces, but um, it didn't hear the light of day, unfortunately. But you never know; one day they might, you know, just decide to to put it on out there. But um, yeah, Cyanotic are the band. Um, as I said, album is really difficult to find. Um, but I mean, no guy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, yeah, so check them out if you get the chance. Crack an album. Um, yeah, so anyway, as I was saying, um, before I <laughs> jump back there, um, what I was thinking, what you were thinking was, um, it was a bit of a, I suppose a bit of an icebreaker 
Um, we thought it might be interesting or kind of cool for us to kind of talk about very quickly um, our kind of favourite bands, um, kind of like like top five or something like that, you know, top five favourite bands, just to give you a bit of an idea of what we're into musically. Yeah, tastes or lack thereof. Um, <laughs> it also kind of spins off the fact of like, we're, we're the cliche of, if anyone's ever watched High Fidelity, we are that cliche. Everything goes into a list. I, like, I'm terrible for everything has to be top five this or top ten this or whatever. And I've always been that way. It's just how my brain works. I love Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> um, it's true. I, I, I'm not even sad about it. Uh, and I thought as a, as a good way to get an idea of our tastes, um, it might be fun to do our top five bands. Now, like I said, as I kind of preamble in, I really spent about 10 minutes before we were recording jotting down a list. Actually, the more I look at it, the more I think it actually looks legit. Um, like, I, I'm really I'm really down with this list. Uh, but it might give you an idea of where we land with certain things. So, for example, if later on, down the road here, a band like Aborted drop a new album and we review it and Dave scores it much higher than me. <laughs> Remember the top five list and if Dave's was dominated by kind of tech death metal, there's a good chance he's going to gravitate towards it more than I. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I think this could be fun. Also, neither one of us knows what's in each other's lists. <laughs> yeah. I'm fairly sure you could guess a couple of mine and I'm fairly sure I could guess a couple of yours, but I think yeah. overall... Uh, this could this could be an eye opening experience. So, yeah. do, do we want to do it in reverse order? Oh, oh you've done it in, in order. Oh, yeah. Oh, Did you not do it in order? No, I didn't do it. In, See, I don't know. Excel spreadsheets, Dave. <laughs> but, well, this is that's fine. We, we, we can oh, we can be God. we can be loosey goosey. My OCD is fucking hating it right now, and I'm sweating. But I mean, we we can go loosey goosey and just pick yeah. five in no order at all, <laughs> just <laughs> randomly, like no other list that's ever been created. I think I think I'm going to record this podcast next week. <laughs> I'm going to put these in order. Well, we can. Hey, we'll just listen to you say. We're okay, Dave. We can, these are talking points. Discussions around the water cooler of life. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm down with that. I've relaxed a bit. Okay, yeah, never ever fine. We're fine. I'm not, but <laughs> asshole is literally clenched up right now so hard it could open a bottle of Budweiser. <laughs> so. Okay, okay, we'll do we'll do a band each. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um so do you want to go first? Well I go first. You can go first because oh, I'm curious. Curious. Oh, really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> um mine's uh, my first first pick, um it really should be a kind of staple for any metal listener, to be honest. All right. Um mine's my first pick is basically the, the godfathers of Groove Metal Duncan. Ah, uh, nice. Uh, you know I'm a fan of the groove mm-hmm. you know that's my thing all right and who else would you put at the top of a, a groove metal list than pantera really it's a good choice it's a very 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 good choice uh yeah pantera you got me into pantera oh, really <laughs> have you not, well you can't remember this obviously but uh we met each other in 1999 in college mm. and i had heard pantera before Four, I heard songs of Vulgar Display, but didn't own any of their albums. And we were in a used CD shop. Oh, yeah. And I was looking for, I was basically looking for excuses to spend my student loan. <laughs> and you lifted Vulgar Display of Power and Cowboys from Hell and said, 
buy these, uh, <laughs> along with Astro Creek 2000, wow. uh, which was in the same pick, and that was a that was a weird groovy week. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I, I don't think you are like a proper modern metal fan if you don't at least like yeah. a whole Pantera album from start yeah. to finish. Absolutely, and and I, actually, when you mentioned that, I really missed that little music shop. Like that was the best music that shop was so ever. Cool, man. That I was a, that. that was a Monday morning, a kind of Monday kind of lunchtime go in, and what albums have come out today, and you would get them. They could go upstairs and spend a fortune on UCDs, which yeah. I did. <laughs> I literally spent about three thousand pounds on UCDs. Yeah. So we yeah. independent stores, man, love them. Um, I think that was the same store. That I maybe recommended I Hate God. <laughs> yeah. Um, an error. Um, it, it wasn't the bit, the thing was that I don't mind I Hate God. I think they've yeah. got a couple of good albums. That actually, one album, though, was Shahite. Yeah. Actually, actually, now I appreciate them a lot more now than I did back then. There's a, there's a, I think. I think there's a weird thing where you, as your taste changes and stuff, as it get more harsh, I didn't appreciate what they were actually doing in terms of like proper, like offensive sludge metal. Um, And when you listen to it now, having done the the rims, what was weird is in time, both me and you really found an appreciation for sludge music, Mm. which I used to hate when when I was younger. I used to find that just the production used to put me off and I'm now the other way around. (laughs) Uh, Like the more devolved it sounds, the happier I feel. Uh, So yeah, I've, gro- I've grown to appreciate I still don't like that I Hate God album. I've, tr- I've tried, I, think, um, I just can't get purchase on it. Yeah, I did I, I did pick it up in the store and I was like, Duncan, Duncan, this band, they're supposed to be amazing. I've heard great things about them. I Hate God, yeah. And then we realised afterwards it was actually Hate Breed that I was thinking about. Yes, yeah. It's like, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I hated you for it. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, was, um, yeah, I've, I've kind of grown to like them. I, yeah. I'll be honest with you, the best thing to come out of I hate God is uh, what's his face uh, the the drummer dude in Down. Yeah, he's the best thing to come out of that because he plays in Down. <laughs> so <laughs> the best thing to come out of I hate God is Down. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean they're good, they're good, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, bad recommendation, Dave. Um, yeah. First right. pick uh, for me, yeah, Pantera, um, huge influence on me um, as a musician and a metal fan. Um, and I think, like, still to this day, still influencing so many bands uh, across across the board. Um, stunning collection of back catalogue um, of albums, um, obviously after their glam metal phase. Almost <laughs> that, um, <clears throat> my favourite album, and I know you're going to completely disagree with this, is Cowboys From Hell. That's nuts. I can't believe that's your... <laughs> but then again, my favourite, my favourite is The Great Southern Trend Kill, which most people don't like uh yeah. and i think it's there i think it's as as a production and a sound and just like it is one of the most aggressively angry albums ever fucking made <laughs> every single song is just about like violence from start to finish yeah. where um i mean cows cows Rebel is the album you listen to when you have the full intention or polishing off a full bottle of Jack Daniels to yourself, and you don't give a fuck what your wife thinks. That's that's that album right there. To be honest, the, even the like my least favorite albums, probably their last album, 
Yeah, yeah. And even then, it's still a fucking great album. So <laughs> they didn't actually release a bad album, which no. I don't think many bands like True. that had the longevity that they had can claim. Yeah, so, absolutely. And none yeah. of them were talking to each other. And <laughs> by, the, by the end, they still put out a fucking great album. Yeah, so Totally. Um, yeah, so that is my first pick. That's a nice pick. Uh, I really wish I'd put Pantera on my list now. <laughs> But I did not. Uh, let me swing in with a band who is undoubtedly influenced by Pantera, as are most bands that will be on my list. Um, Every Time I Die. Ooh. Yeah. I think, it, I, I was sitting doing the math, I've seen Every Time I Die more times live than any other band. Um, I've I seen them live eight times. <laughs> Which is fucking nuts. Of those eight times, five were headlining shows. Uh, and four were support, uh, and three were supports. Um, so I've seen them eight times, and every time I die, are a, I think a consistently brilliant band. Yeah, I think they do things like with their riffs and their timing specifically that I find really interesting. I think they're a band that you can clearly chart how good they get from album to album even though there's been maybe I think they've got like one and a half albums that I of songs that I don't kind of like yeah. um, the rest of it is just like brilliant top tier really well written stuff they've got that southern groove which definitely comes from Pantera but they mix in like kind of 70s rock riffs <laughs> uh, hardcore punk um, and Keith Butley, their singer, is a guy who I legitimately think on every single album sounds ten times better than the album before. So they yeah. really nailed like catchiness and memorable songs. Like that that's the thing about an every time my die album is I feel for the most part, most of them are laden with memorable songs, even though they go out their way to make their songs disjointed and not like Dillinger disjointed but yeah. disjointed to the point where it's not just your standard verse chorus verse chorus sort of thing and um, they will kind of mix up things in a way which and the production I, I can't like their, their production just everything about them and I know that they have an album written yeah. that is potentially out this year and I will be honest with you of all the albums that are coming out this year every time I die is up there amongst the ones that I am most looking forward to hearing and yeah. they're, they're a band that I think is criminally underrated. I think they should be a lot bigger than they actually are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. Um, like, I remember hearing uh, Hot Damn for the first time and just being like, wow, what the fuck is this? this Such is a fucking good album. It's, wow. r- it's ridiculously good. Yeah, yeah, but they, they, they do get better and better. Every album that comes out gets better and better. I think I'm the same as you. Like, I think... Um, uh, for me, like New Junk Aesthetic was probably my least favorite. Uh, mm-hmm. No, sorry, sorry, no. Gutter Phenomenon was my good, least favorite. Good, yeah. Sorry, um, but everything else, like I love every single album. And even when they, they like Keith went off and done his kind of side project stuff, I love that as well. Him, yeah. as a, him as a vocalist, he's just got better and better. Um, and we, we saw them. I've saw them. I think I've seen them twice, possibly. Um, but the, the time I saw them at King Tuts was insane. Yeah, like, and they played Tuts obviously countless times, but. Um, what a band, big Andy Williams, Williams man. He is a tank. He's <laughs> a, a guy that size shouldn't be able. Uh, that's holding a guitar that looks like a toothpick. <laughs> uh, should not be able to move and play as well as that man. No, um, no. Yeah, like I've seen them like of that eight times I've seen them live. Four times have been at Tuts, 
which is just absolutely not. And every single time I'm like that, oh, see if they're as good as the last time and they're better than the time they were before. Yeah. And that that to me is the exciting, the exciting part of a band like that who I genuinely cannot wait to hear what the next album sounds like because with, with Every Time I Die, you kind of have an idea, but it could go anywhere. That X-Lives album, which was maybe their last one, I think. Is it? The last, oh, the last one was um, Low Teens. Low teens, yeah. Low teens did you know was once again it it was it was a heavier synth. Like they go through phases of going like more rocky or more punky to like just being like really hardcore heavy. Mm. Um, and I don't know with the new one, I literally don't know where they'll land with it because Keith's obviously been off and done his uh, the damn things album last yeah. year. I want to say it was last year. Yeah. Um. And so he's got that kind of poppy southernness out his system again. So you just don't know what sort of Keith Buckley's going to show up, and I can't wait. So it's, yeah. it's one that definitely will be discussed at some point this year. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Nice, nice pick, Duncan. Nice. Um, okay, for my next pick. <clears throat> now, if there's one thing that you know about me, it's that I love French metal bands. <laughs> Like, I'll, I've got a serious obsession with French metal. I've actually got a bit of a obsession with French horror as well, but we'll, we'll, that's, that's a different that's podcast. That's a different podcast, yeah. yeah um, I think it's, there was a reason for a while there I was calling you French Dave. <laughs> oh, la la. Um, I do love a French metal band. Um, and the list of bands that I love that are French would go on for a while, but just to name a few, um, Gorod. Dagobah, Hackride, Scarve, Repelium, uh, Benighted, Clone, Henker, uh, Anata, Hypnos. The, the list goes on, Duncan. The it's list a lot listed. Yeah. Um, but I think we can both agree that the daddies of French groove metal are obviously Gojira. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you know, know, once again, another band that should have possibly been in my top five list. <laughs> <laughs> They should have been in your top five list, Duncan. Well, let's see if we're doing best live band I've ever seen. Gojira is by far, like, once again, Tuts. We're just plugging Tuts hard yeah, tonight. Yeah. Gojira playing Tuts, supported by Hate Sphere, who also sounded fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, but Gojira playing that gig is <sighs> as good, and they were on there from Mars to Sirius tour, oh, is as good. I mean, that might be, I've said before, that might be as close to a perfect album that's ever been written. And yeah. that performance was m- quite possibly the best performance that I've ever seen of a band live. I yeah. just, the, and they made it look so fucking e- Everything just sounded so easy. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, th- th- they're already oh. is what I'm saying, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just uh, stunning from start to finish. I think that there's, there's no band. That sounds like Gojira, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of bands that try and imitate Gojira. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, for me, they just kind of stand alone from everyone else. And like, it's one of those bands. Like every time I die, like it's, you just can't wait to hear what are they going to do next. Um, I, yeah, from Ars to Sirius is my favorite album. Um, but again, I don't think they've got a bad album. Like even their yeah. really old stuff, they're like Terra Incognita or The Link. Um, they're quite raw and kind of rough around the edges, but not bad albums at all. Um. Yeah, great back back catalogue albums. Um, and that's my number two pick. That's a really good pick, Dave. It's a really really good pick. Um, let me come in with one that should surprise no one with <laughs> you. Um, Tool. 
tool. I like I've been a tool fan since I first heard the tool record. And I, the thing about it is, I genuinely don't know what it is about Tool that I gravitate most to, yeah. um, because they're all very accomplished musicians. And you know, Maynard James Keenan as a singer isn't normally where I would. It's not what my tastes gravitate towards vocally, but I find them a like a wholly captivating not only vocalist but lyricist. I think Tool lyrics at times are the most amazing things ever written. And yes, they're not above doing, like, kind of silly humour. You'll have to read lyrics like Stinkfist to see that's about, like, essentially uh, fisting. Um, or, you know, or a song like Prison Sex, which is exactly what it sounds like. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but at times, it, especially on albums like Anima, which is maybe their most... Maybe their most kind of lackadaisical album in terms of there's a couple of fillers on that one, which I mean, there's one of them which is like a uh, it's a banana bread recipe, uh, <laughs> read out in German. So you know, like weird shit like that. But musically, Tool are you know are are, are so tight and inventive and creative and spacey and proggy, and they've really grown into that. That I just I I find like I don't listen to Tool songs. I listen to Tool albums. If I'm going to listen to Tool, it's an album I pick to listen to. So I'm not like oh, yeah, I want to listen. It's not, I have to listen to a whole album, and it's because to me it's an experience from start to finish that can't be broken. You can't stop in the middle or only listen to the two singles from. I have to listen to them from start to finish. And there are a few bands. Once again, that's kind of where my list has come from. There are a few bands that have that effect over me um weirdly i i <laughs> i don't think that once again i don't think they've got a bad album there, there's one album that i'm not overly keen on yeah. uh, which is Ten Thousand days i think that's an all right album yeah. but the rest of them i think even the album they put out last year which was you know just melted my face <laughs> um I, I think that i think they are consistently brilliant and they're another band that just, it sounds like it's effortless for them. Yeah. And they put out, they can go like five to ten years between putting out albums. And for whatever reason, that time is not detrimental to their sound at all. If anything, I think it makes them more invigorating. And unlike Every Time I Die, Tool are fucking huge. Like, a prog band like that should not be as big as Tool is. You know what I mean? They, they they genuinely do. When they released their albums online, finally digitally after kind of holding back on it, they kind of cracked like records on on streaming sites like iTunes and your Spotify's and all the rest. And then they released that new album, and I think it, it's it's already sold over twenty million or so. I can't remember. It was some ridiculous number like that. Probably not twenty million. But yeah. when I heard that, I was just like, that is nuts that a band like Tool, who are as obscure and kind of against the grain when it comes to media, they're not into really doing much of that at all, and very secretive, mm. would be as big as they are, I think is a testament to the music, first and foremost. So Tool is my pick. Nice. Nice choice. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm kind of... Uh, kind of hit and miss with Tool. Um, I, like, initially, when you, I know when you were getting into them back in the day, I, I really struggled to get into the band. Um and I don't know why, because like musically they are supreme. Like like I watched a video with Danny Carey on YouTube just it was released two or three weeks ago. It's an insane drummer. Oh my god! Like <laughs> wow. 
like a guy like his age is still drumming like that is phenomenal um but yeah it took me a while to get into them um they kind of grew on me over time um uh, and i still i think um Latter alice is probably now so, probably my, my favorite it's the best yeah, yeah it's, the, it's their best i think it's their most accomplished most ambitious most creative yeah song they've got a song in there that's written lyrically and time signature based on the Fibonacci sequence which I'd, and it sounds amazing and I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you start doing something like that yeah. let alone write a song that's as catchy as it is it just yeah. I mean it melts my face yeah. Uh, yeah and I liked I thought um, Fear Inoculum was was good um, like impressive for a band to come back after like what 13 years or something yeah. like that yeah, yeah. Um, and release an album with that quality definitely sounded like a like a more mature tool um but it's not one I've went back to very often. Um, I don't know. I felt maybe it was a little bit overworked, maybe possibly. But um, yeah, it's, it's not, not a bad album by any means. But I, suppose, I, maybe, I don't know if it was maybe just too much hype, like the, the kind of weight on it. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. But it's, it's what we call Chinese democracy syndrome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay. So moving on. Um, my next pick, um, I'm going slightly heavier this time. Ooh. Um, I'm going to go for U.S. death metal quintet Cannibal Corpse. Really? <laughs> no, never in a million years. Never <laughs> in a million years. No. Nope. Um, had you picking that, but actually it makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. <laughs> um, st- for me, like still to this day, um, one of the most punishing death metal bands on the planet. Like, um, Saw them live and they annihilated me live. Um, they played the the garage in Glasgow, um, and it was unbelievable. Um, and on CD, like um, I first heard them in. Uh, let me think now. So it was the, the track that I heard was I think it was on like a sampler of some kind. It would be Metal Hammer or something like that. Um, and it was a track called "The Spine Splitter." <laughs> and, uh, Ballad was it? Yeah. 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 Um, and it was from an album called Bloodthirst, which I think it was 1999 that came out. Um, and I heard that and I was completely obsessed. And then I went and bought like the back catalogue. Um, uh, and what like what a back catalogue they've got, like going back to like fucking, what was it, 1990 or something? That was the first album. Like, oh, yeah. Crazy, like 12 or 13 albums now. Um, and I think they're another band, like, they've, yeah, they've got a few classics from the kind of olden days, but their, their albums just get heavier and better like each year. Um, I think if I had to pick, like if you had said, right, Dave, you need to pick one of these albums, I would probably go with um, The Wretched Spawn um, as my, my favourite Cannibal Corpse album. Um, great production and um, kind of tracks that will just kind of stick in your head for days. Um, but uh, Word on the Street is they are working on a new album as well, so can't wait to hear that. Nice, nice. Um, I, I, I mean, I... I, I check in with them occasionally. Uh, <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan. I, I always found there was, um, I don't know, I, I, like death metal's weird with me and you we will get to the bottom of this like a, some sort of weird therapy couch this podcast is going to become. <laughs> uh, like death metal's weird. Like I tend to not just like pure death metal. I tend yeah. to like death metal mixed with something else. Sure, um, yeah. And that's where, I, like, if it's like something kind of progressively death metal esque, like a Gojira, you have me hooked. 
um or if it's if it's death metal with rap which doesn't exist i don't think <laughs> uh, I, I might check that out or yeah. like I've, I've heard bands that are like industrial based death metal mm-hmm. which you know there's another element that gets but pure death metal there that i can count maybe on one hand the amount of bands that i love that are just pure death metal bands yeah but what i do appreciate about them is the are a band who have legitimately not changed (laughs) like like they have one they have one job and that is to be as heavy as fuck and they have done that every (laughs) single release yeah and the greatest name for a front man ever (laughs) just in general Uh, if he's not legally changed his name in deep pole to that then I'm, i'm disappointed uh, so yeah, that's a good, that's a good choice, Dave. Yeah, good yeah. Choice. I know, I know what you mean about the kind of the kind of purist kind of style, but um, I'm I'm exactly the same with black metal, like um, yes. kind of straight up kind of black metal stuff. I really struggle with, um, but when it's mixed with that kind of like a, like a post black metal or a, even a black and death metal or something like that, I can totally get on board with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the kind of pure stuff, I, I really struggle. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm not. I, I've I've found an ear for it, but I I, I still am like you. I, I like it done, which is interesting because this links in perfectly with my number five. Uh, because like I say, I like I like. Well, I was number five on my list, but uh, we're not doing numbers, so let's. Just, uh, I didn't say number five. Uh, I, I like things that are amalgamations or are, are, are things that once again my list here are bands that I think do something kind of different from other bands or kind of stand out. Um, in a way uh, and they're a really new band and they really are just one guy um, and I've seen them live and they fucking annihilated me live they've got two albums and an EP and both of them are great and I've listened to them more times than I want to count but Zeal and Order um, oh. I, I, this is another band how are Zeal and Order not at bigger than they are right now I, I don't get that if ever there was a band that has potential crossover mainstream appeal um, from the world that they're playing in is this band mm-hmm. um, I think what they do if anyone hasn't heard them before is they are the kind of brainchild of a Swedish born uh, American living kind of dark pop artist mm-hmm. who's accomplished multi-instrumentalist and I think the 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 rumour and innuendo goes Dave that he posted on Reddit that he was looking for a new musical project and people should shout out ideas to him and of things that shouldn't go together and he would try and write music in that style and the one that gravitated to him the one that caught his eye was essentially african-american slave music like kind of turn of the century slave music and black metal and by god if that's not what he did so it has all the the kind of technicality of uh, and speed and veracity of black metal in parts but it's mixed with a real good sense of rhythm and blues, specifically blues, um, and kind of gospel-esque slave, uh, American kind of slave uh, melodies and lyrics. And it, it should not go. It should not go together. But by God, does it go together. And it's another one where like almost every single song and he's another guy that likes to experiment with filler tracks doing some of these weird ambient pop stuff that he was doing uh, prior to this project but he's another one who uh, all these songs are memorable like every single one and catchy as fuck like really 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 catchy really well written songs and I think it is a matter of time before Zeal and Order are 
like main stage at a download or something like that. I think they could do it on stage. He's got backing kind of gospel backing singers, um, and quite a lot of musicians on stage. I've seen him, you know, do certain performances with like other sections of musicians playing on as well, and that is something to me that could could be expanded out further. Uh, it'll be interesting. He's another guy that I think might have an album out this year, so it'll be interesting nice. to see if this is the one that breaks. Nice, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, yeah, totally dig that. Nice pick. Uh, actually, I really enjoyed uh, Stranger Fruit uh, last album. It's fucking amazing. Um, great, and it's funny, like, because they tend to go for a quite um, kind of lo-fi kind of sound a lot of the time, um, and that's a kind of sound or production that I would probably not have liked many years ago, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I've come to kind of appreciate more and more as I kind of listen to more stuff and more styles. But um, yeah, I've really got. I, I was kind of gutted I missed. They played. Was it Tuts as well? They played, <laughs> Tuts, yeah. yeah. That's a, it's the reason I didn't mention the the venues. I thought <laughs> they've had enough plugging. So yeah, they played Tuts and they sounded fucking incredible. Yeah, that would have been good to see actually. Yeah, nice, nice pick. Um, okay, on my next. Is this number four? Yes, it is. Yeah, number four. Number four from me. Um, is possibly quite my probably my most predictable pick here out of the five. Um, a band that again probably influenced me a lot um, as I was kind of grown up. Kind of started to play drums when I was about 12, 13. Um, and these were this was one of the bands that um, kind of first got me into kind of metal drumming and stuff. Um, they are from Sweden, and they are known as the Mighty Meshuggah. Uh, yes. Again, another kind of powerhouse um live which I, I saw them live as well and they were superb live band um really impressive um set uh, back catalogue albums um and one that like a band that have kind of changed their sound slightly kind of over time um their kind of older stuff uh their kind of um initial albums like um destroy Reason improve or contradictions collapse are more kind of thrashy um, almost kind of like little kind of jazzy moments and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, although they still had that kind of groove sound as well. Um, but kind of over the years, uh, their sounds kind of evolved and they're now kind of like a kind of full-on progressive metal juggernaut, basically. Um, their more recent albums, uh, Obzen and Coloss, uh, are nothing, just like phenomenal releases. Um, and again, a band that have inspired like so many other bands, it's ridiculous. Um, they tend to release albums if you look at their like kind of the years of released albums it seems to be every four years um so the last album was 2016 so i'm hoping <laughs> that something is coming this year i've not mentioned anything that i know of but um i'm hoping they do um release something this year i uh, love that band if, if ever there was a time to write an album is right now because everyone's under fucking house yeah, yeah, uh, totally. like, uh, like house isolation so now's the time to get creative <laughs> uh, no that's a good a good shout Meshuggah fucking love them uh, I have not seen them live because they cancelled once <laughs> and through principle I refused to go and see them because they cancelled for the shittest reason as well yeah. it was yeah. like they cancelled because they were either playing somewhere else or they were decided they were writing an album or something I was like no that's not how that works yeah. so at principle I didn't go and see them and missed apparently one of the best gigs ever <laughs> not upset about that at all <laughs> uh, weirdly like Obzen I think is like a fucking incredible album weirdly the one that I always go back the, the one I listen to more than any is the one you did not miss him which is Chaosphere I fucking oh, yeah. love Chaosphere yeah 
I think it's just like that was the first one I got. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah. It, it just it blew my mind. And still, I mean, the thing about listening to Mashuga is they're another band that's a like tool, like a start to finish. You can't just dip in and listen to a Mashuga song. You need yeah. to listen to the whole album. It's all about context. The way yeah. they construct their albums is all about context. So that's yeah, no, yeah. so a good call, Dave. Yep. Um, if I had to pick, I would probably go, and again, it's not one of their most popular albums, but. Um, the the re-recording they did of nothing, I think, was just like just flawless for me. Like just oh, those uh, the eight string guitars, just wow! Like what a, what a fucking album that is. Nice, nice, right? Well, let's let me swing it in. We're talking about bands that don't really sound like other bands. This one is a band who have been pigeonholed in about five different genres and continue to change how they sound, and they definitely do have an album coming out this year, and I can't wait to hear it. Deftones. Ah, I was wondering when this was going to come up. Deftones. I'd like, I am like borderline obsessed with the Deftones. <laughs> um, I, I kind of got into metal uh, what, 95? So, Korn had just released their first album. Um, and, in fact, yeah, it would have been just before uh, Life is Peachy got released. Nice. And, um, I, I genuinely started to fall quite hard for new metal, uh, which probably will attract quite a lot of scorn and lose my credibility on this one. I still listen to a shitload of new metal because uh, I, I, I love that, once again, it's this idea of amalgamating different sounds and blending different styles to create something different. And yes, it became very cliche, very cringy, very whiny. Uh, but from the group of bands... Um, that, that emerged kind of new metal. One stood like almost head and shoulders above the rest in terms from not only distancing themselves, but constantly experimenting and reinventing themselves. And that's Deftones. Uh, like if you listen to where that band starts with Adrenaline to essentially where they've kind of, where they would go to something like Diamond Eyes. Yeah. The gulf between those albums is incredible. I mean, you couldn't just ever imagine a band going so spacey and trippy and weird but yet still heavy like Deftones that's what I love about Deftones is like there's a constant war going on in that band between Chino making them sound like Mogwai um and Stephen Carpenter trying to make them sound like Meshuggah. Uh, you know, you like that guitar tone. Yeah. Uh, there's this constant battle. And I think as a result of that, you get some truly amazing, magical sounding albums yeah. from them. That, like, once again, not one Deftones album sounds like another Deftones album, but they all are inherently Deftones albums. Like, when you listen to them, you know when Chino does his vocals. As another vocalist who I think has just got better with time, his melodies are really quite inventive and musically. Their addition of a synth kind of player moving away from the decks and doing more synth-based stuff, I think, is added to it. And, once again, underrated drummer. I think their drummer is fucking solid AF. Yeah. Um and his beats are always like just perfect for the song, and yeah, even the even albums that I don't think are the strongest Deftone albums, I still think are great albums. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, th- 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 I think they're and they're a band talking about this year, talking about bands that have had an impact. Like every second album I've heard this year, uh, like I don't know what has happened. Like, but everyone now wants to do Deftones melodies, yeah. and for the longest while there, no one wanted to do Deftones melodies. <laughs> but like on it, there's about five albums 
yeah, that totally. I've heard this year that are like kind of top tier in my rankings yeah. that are just like right over oh, we're doing melody and it's, it has the same sort of like Deftones copy um, <laughs> and some of it works really well and others I see right through you so <laughs> yeah no I totally agree um, there have definitely been a few albums this year where like oh yeah you could hear the Deftones ripping out it yeah. Um, that um, the higher power album and the the load album as well. There was definitely like oh load. There's like one. There's like one song on load, and I'm like that. This is Deftones. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. So yeah, that's my yeah. that's my pick. Nice, nice pick. Um, for my fifth and final pick. I mean, I've got. I know what this is. So. <laughs> oh, do you? Yeah, because I thought you were going to mention it before. So. <laughs> <laughs> Would you be surprised to hear? It's another groove metal band. <laughs> uh, oh. Oh, oh, yes, actually, I'm a little bit. Um, oh, it's oh, not the band on. I thought it was. So hold on, hold on a yeah, minute. You're surprised here. Oh, full of surprises, Duncan. Full yep. surprises. Um, I am going back to Texas. <laughs> I should have guessed. I, <laughs> yeah, you guessed. I genuinely you thought you were going to go Sepultura above uh, this band, but it's. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was tough to pick five. Um, I could have easily switched one of those bands with Sepultura as well. But um, this band, I probably go back to um, more than, than most of the other bands on my list. Um, they, uh, they captured my heart uh, back in the late 90s. <laughs> and it was another fucking Metal Hammer sampler as well. I'm sure it was. Um, it was either Metal Hammer or Krang, one of the two. Um, they had a, a track on one of those samplers, and I was like, what is this? Who is this band? I must find out. Um, the band are called Pissing Razors. First <laughs> um, of greatest band name ever. Yep, yep. Um, and, oh, I mean, like, I, I, I struggle to pick a favourite album. Um, towards the I mean, they disbanded kind of, what was that, 2004, um, and the kind of the albums they, they released towards the end of of the band's the kind of demise, um, that the lineup was changing quite regular, so that the sound did change. They were still a groove metal band, but they did change ever so slightly. But the first kind of like four or five albums were stunning. Um, Fields of Disbelief is probably my my favorite. If I had to pick one, fucking thumping good album by the way. Oh, so good. Um, just that the production on that album, the riffs on that album, like. Just superb. Again, another band that are so hard um, to get a hold of their stuff. They've got like uh, their first albums on Spotify and like Apple Music, and then like the last album I think is on there as well. But everything in between is missing until now. Yeah, well, they've reformed now, Dave, and all of a sudden they are they are doing the right thing, which is starting to stagger release their back catalogue on digital platforms. Which, trust me. As someone who got rid of most of his physical media uh, a while ago, is overjoyed about. So yeah, um, well, I was the same. I like I sold off like hundreds of my albums, but I actually kept the Piss and Razors ones um, just because it's like one of, one of my favorite bands. Um, so yeah, so they are. They've been posting on social media. The band are back together, um, and they are working on a new album, um, which is scheduled for this year, um, and it is called Eulogy Death March. So I like cannot wait to hear that. Um, <laughs> But, um, big DB written all over it, oh, all over it. Um, but before that is released, they are releasing their back catalogue on the kind of digital streaming platform. So, 
they're self-titled and cast down the plague and fields of disbelief all that sort of stuff is going to get released so yeah i can't wait to hear that and just have it at my fingertips um yeah so that's my fifth and final pick uh can you guess mine you must be able to if it's no Nine Inch Nails, Duncan, something's wrong. <laughs> of course it's Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Nine Inch Nails. Like, I, I genuinely, Dave's sick of hearing this, but I, and trust me, guys, you'll be sick of hearing this come the episode three. Uh, I think Nine Inch Nails are maybe the most important band ever. Like, I'm not just saying yeah. that, like, and it's, I genuinely think Trent Reznor is as close to a musical genius as has ever been. Um... And I think it's evident on the work he's put out and the fact that he's now made the transition from industrial metal god, which, like, if we're being honest, starts at kind of industrial Europop. Like that first album, Pretty Hate Machine, is uh, is more in uh, more in, in the vein of that than it is anything else. And you know, like he reinvents himself just as, just as like kind of. The, the grungy side, that aggressive grungy side's kicking in and he's out doing like the drum samples and loops and all the rest on his broken EP. The Downward Spiral is a fucking masterpiece. The Fragile is a... I hate double albums. Double albums to me <laughs> are you should have sat down, taken a bit of time and just released one album of 12 or 15 great songs instead of... The, the Fragile to me is the perfect double album. Uh, yeah. I think it's like it just wall to wall. It's it's maybe my most listened to album of all time. Is the project I listen to it all the fucking time, and I love it. And every time I listen to it, there's an, another nuance that I really like didn't pick up before that I, I really enjoy. And then his hiatus, uh, returning with with teeth, uh, you know, years year zero is like just this fucking weird. And to think that he did year zero whilst on tour from just a collection of feedback noises from his live performances. Once again, it just blows my mind mm-hmm. how talented a musician he is. But he's also had the opportunity of working with some of the best musicians, session musicians out there. Yeah. And yeah, I think he continues to, he's obviously made the transition now to being a, you know, a, a partnership with Atticus Ross, who's his longtime producer. And they now do scores for movies, TV shows, video games, I think. And he's won Oscars, nominated regularly for awards. And I think that speaks for what he has that I think makes him up there amongst the the best is he has an idea and a feel for texture in music. His music is a textured sound. And that might mean repetition of loops or, or like motifs that'll play in, like through several songs just different in different keys, um, or motifs using certain lyrics. You, you actually analyze his lyrics. He uses a lot of the same phraseology in certain songs, and it's to convey message themes and and like I say, this idea of texture, it texturizes up his his music. And I think that is very, very, very difficult to do and be as interesting as it is. Now, Nine Inch Nails have so many songs and so many albums <laughs> that, you know, I, there are there are some not great songs in there and there are some not great albums in there. But I would stack the best of Nine Inch Nails against the best of almost any band and I would probably opt for Nine Inch Nails. Mm, I, I was waiting on it. I was like, he's not mentioned Nine Inch Nails yet. What's going on? Yeah, I, 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 like we're, we're going to get to it in the news segment, but I, I, as if Trent Reznor couldn't already be like my hero, he won <laughs> the internet 
last <laughs> week. Like, just out of nowhere. Just, uh, it's Tuesday, have it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it helps that I was a synthesised player. It helps that I, you know, grew up listening to a shitload of 80s new romantic yeah. stuff and grew up in a household where David Bowie was played a lot and you can hear the influences yeah. on Nine Inch Nails. He's another musician that has been emulated God knows how many times, but never, never bested. I've, I've never heard a Nine Inch Nails clone that has done a better song than no. even some of the worst Nine Inch Nails stuff. So, yeah. yeah. It's still relevant. I, I mean, his career's been on the go since, what, 89? Yeah. Uh, was when that first album came out. And he's still putting out stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> like 30 odd years later. And it still sounds great. So, there's yeah. a guy who know. just doesn't have an off switch. Where the fuck does he go all the time? Like, he's, he's either working on movies or he's working on albums. It's like, guy never switches off, man. I think, well, he owns his own studio. And I think he's just in his studio all the time. Yeah. I think that's it. I think he's just a guy who's always creatively recording stuff and we are the the beneficiary of that so yeah Nine Inch Nails they're my favourite band of all time and anyone that has listened to this that even knows me remotely should not be surprised that Nine Inch Nails (laughs) is a mention on my list nice nice so that is our um, our top five picks just to give you a little flavour of uh, what we're into uh, musically um, okay, I think we've spoken enough um, right now. So um, this is a metal music podcast. So we're going to play some music for you, obviously. Um, and we're going to throw in a little track in the podcast just now. Um, see what you think. This is a band called Cabal. Um, they are from Denmark. Uh, they are about to release a, a new album um, on April 3rd. It's called Drag Me Down. Uh, and this is a track from that album. It's called Death March. Check this out. This is Cabal. Back after this.
Nice. That was some cabal for you, as I said. The album, Drag Me Down, out on April 3rd. Check it out if you like that track. Um, okay, so next section of the podcast, we are going to be discussing what we've been listening to recently. So this is kind of almost like recommendations, really. If you're looking for some albums to check out, um, but kind of, you know, I think the music scene's a bit stale, thinking, what am I going to listen to? No, sure. Well, we're here to help. Um, we're going to recommend some albums that you should check out. Um, so myself and Duncan listen to a shit ton of music. Um, Just a bit. <laughs> yeah, and there was so much stuff. Actually, I want to say March has actually been a really strong month. Um, I mean, the first few months of January was okay. February was better, but March so far, best month of the year so far for me. There was one day, there was like one Friday where I think genuinely seven heavy hitting albums were all released yeah. on the same day. And it, it was at a point where I was like, I didn't even realise they were recording an album. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then stuff that's completely snuck up on me, like like out, out of nowhere that I was just like, I, I can't believe I have heard nothing about this. And there's a couple on my list where I'm like that. I didn't even know these guys were recording and they are huge. That surprised me. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I've tried to pick um, a couple of bands you probably have heard of and a couple that you may not have heard of, just some more kind of underground, more obscure stuff uh, that you might want to check out. Uh, first one um, I want to mention, um, most people should have heard this already, but if you haven't, um, you need to check out the new Code Orange album. It's maybe the best album this month. Oh my god, I cannot get enough of that album. And it's funny, we're just talking about Nine Inch Nails there like five, ten minutes ago. Um, this is a band that, you know, predominantly were a hardcore band. Um, I mean, if you go back and listen to like their last album, uh, Forever, which came out a few years back, it's, you know, predominantly a hardcore album. Um, but this album, you know, they've mixed it in with some really cool influences and Nine Inch Nails is clearly one of them. Mm-hmm. Um they, they haven't rested on their laurels at all. Um, they haven't, like, regurgitated the old material. Um, they've taken, you know, bits of, obviously, their hardcore roots, but they've also mixed it with kind of industrial sounds. They've thrown in, you know, there's little bits of kind of new metal in there as well. They had bits of that before as well. Um, but I, I think from start to finish, it is a phenomenal album. Um, possibly, possibly, I'm going to say, possibly one of the most accessible albums. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's weird that, like... Code Orange were like universally known as that band that you know was always going to be underground and never really yeah. going to be mainstream, if you know what I mean. And yeah. I mean they're still not mainstream yet, but this is their most like this is their most like it's their best produced album. I think yeah. it's their best written album. I think there's so much diversity going on. This to me sounds like a band that are getting ready for the push. And they've yeah. been on the go for ages. This to me is the difference between playing a moderately sized venue to playing a much bigger venue, like yeah. easily in this one. I think like at, at the moment as it stands, it's in my top five albums I've yeah. listened to this year. It's certainly my favourite album I've listened to this month. It just it yeah. melted my fucking face. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and and they've done something really cool because obviously they released their album around this whole like coronavirus fucking epidemic that's going on just now. Um, they had to cancel all their shows and stuff. They still released the album, which is, you know, fair play to them. Um, but when they released the album, they did uh, like a live set on um, Twitch. Yeah. Um, which like was genius, like an empty venue, no one in the place, just just those guys on stage. But they kind of mixed it in with a lot of cool visuals. Um, 
really cool idea. And I'd, I'd never used Twitch before, but I, I ended up having to flip and download the app and get create an account just so I could watch the fucking thing. Um, and then they released it on YouTube, obviously, after I'd done that. That's how I saw it, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you haven't seen that, then definitely go and check that out. It was really cool. Um, what was really cool was the, the drummer um, has now went kind of full-on front man. He, was do- he did a lot of the vocals and the, the previous albums, but he's now out front. Um, and, I mean, obviously, sound-wise, there is a few kind of Nine Inch Nails influences in there, but... As a front man, I totally got that uh, Trent Reznor vibe. I don't know if you did, but yeah, yeah. It's, okay. <laughs> so once again, I'm like, it's weird. It's, I, I don't know. I, it's weird how all my all, all my tastes, Dave, have now well, are now everything that's coming out. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like all you have to do is listening to the uh, the former front man of Dillinger's new stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, you listen to his new single that I put out, and it's it's got nine, it's got like this really brooding, dark, fucking aggressive nine inch nails tone. And he always kind of sounded a bit like uh, Trent Reznor, but he's letting his nine inch nails flag fly. Um, but yeah, like I, I, having checked out that line, you know what's r- really interesting is that it is difficult. I think it's difficult for a band that sounds like Cold Orange to portray as much energy to an empty room as they did on that yeah. performance. Like, I wanted to throw my fucking chair across the room and, <laughs> like, grab my five-year-old daughter's head and start headbanging it. Um, it, it was that... And, I mean, they're playing to no one. They're playing to yeah. themselves, and it was fucking amazing. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, so that's a definite recommendation for me. It's called Underneath. Um, it's out now on Roadrunner Records, so check that one out. That's my uh, first recommendation. Right, let, let me go in a direction which is totally the opposite direction. Um, <laughs> if there is one thing you listen to in March or listen to this month that perfectly sums up how disjointed and depressing the world is right now, uh, is uh, the new Converge album slash EP mm-hmm. called Endless Arrow Album. <laughs> or Endless Arrow EP. I don't know which one it is. Because it is one song uh, which is 31 minutes long. And it is all the weirdest, layered, bizarre, strange sounds just kind of... It is the most... Don't listen to it at night in your bed <laughs> when it's dark. It's the most ominous, surreal sound. It's like someone has seen like a 31-minute David Lynch movie and then decided to <laughs> score it. And like, I genuinely... like There was bits where I could feel the hair in the back of my neck go up. Uh, because it was just weird, creepy, and unsettling from start to finish. And Converge have always been out there, and they've always been pushing like the weird, the weird sounds for the longest time. An- another band that are like often cited as a as a huge kind of influence on a lot of the kind of post metal stuff. Um, yeah. But the, one of the strangest listening experiences I've had in a while. Um, just like it, it just and every time you think. All right, 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 this is where it'll change. You know, the loop kicks back in again, and you're just like, oh, what the fuck? Um, so yeah, it's a, a, like it's as a unique experience as you're ever going to hear. Um, yeah, certainly, it's one of the more unique experiences I, ha- I had uh, in March. So Converge, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't album. what I was expecting them, uh, at all from Converse, to be honest. Yeah. Um, because they're obviously known for that kind of visceral, kind of hardcore vibe. But, um, and you know, as you said, they have been kind of thrown in slightly different influences uh, more recently. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when I heard this, I was like, what is going on here? Um, and, it, but it's, it's, and it's one of those things, like, it's just one track. It's like, was it about 30 minutes long? Yep. 
Um, so it's not really one you can just kind of jump into. You've got to kind of set aside 30 minutes to listen to this thing. Because I kept thinking it was going to change. and it, it's, in, yeah. it's in the name, Endless Arrow. It just keeps going. <laughs> yeah. So weird. Um, so weird. Yes. But I had to mention it, though, because it is one of those ones where... Like, I got to the end and I was like, I don't actually know if I like that, but would I listen to it again? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. there we go. Um, next on my list, um, a band that me and you have listened to, you know, for years, um, but I hadn't listened to them for a while. Um, and I thought, when I saw the new album come out, I thought, oh, not heard them in, that in quite a while. Let's check out what they're doing recently. Um, the band are Intronaut. Oh, yes. Ah, oh, mm. Um, and um, the album is called Fluid Existential Inversions um, and it's, it's out now on uh, Metal Blade Records um, this would be up your alley if you're into kind of the kind of sludgier side of stuff um, I'd say like try and think of a kind of like a kind of sludge laden riffs but with kind of spacey kind of atmospheric passages it's got huge in. prog stuff going on it's like a sludgy yeah. prog album which doesn't yeah. make any sense but <laughs> like for some reason they pull it off and I'll tell you what like shocked me about it is how fucking heavy they sound in parts yeah like mm-hmm. like they sound like at like a steamroller falling on you from a great height in a cartoon you know just flattening you out and then there's other bits which are just the trippiest ambient stuff like i like i can't remember where we heard them like the first time oh, um i think i think it was rock and reels. yeah yeah that's what i was going to say i think it would be habitual levitations which was out like 23 13 I think um, I think that's when I first heard them I'm sure I reviewed that and I remember liking it <laughs> I can't remember them sounding this heavy <laughs> no no I, I totally agree um, this album definitely has more kind of dissonant kind of moments uh, compared to like their last release uh, Direction of Last Things which was out like five years ago um, yeah definitely kind of heavier parts in this um, and they've got a quite um quite unconventional in terms of their kind of arrangements and stuff on the on the album but it's also as although it's heavy there's some real kind of nice kind of like vocal harmonies as well kind of haunting kind of harmonies they've got on it mm-hmm. um and you know it's funny we we're talking about converge just just a minute ago it's actually produced by kurt from converge okay, who like for a while there he was he was like my kind of new age uh yeah. rick rubin or my new age uh ross robinson like if, I, if, if his name was attached to a production project i was like oh i need to listen to this now yeah totally yeah totally um so yeah i totally dug this album um kind of fans of like the ocean or um like pelican or isis stuff like that um Really good album, probably their most kind of cohesive sounding album um, they've done. Uh, worth checking out. It's out of Metal Blade now. It's called Fluid Existential Inversions, and the band are called Intronaut. Yeah, I'd second that. I think it's fucking great. <laughs> um, here's one that surprised the, the ever loving fuck out of me uh, because I did not know that they had an album out, um, oh. and this band are fucking huge. Uh, <laughs> Pearl Jam released an album called Gigaton. Oh, I actually haven't listened to this yet. It's really good. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, they're mixing what like there's electronics in this as well, like drum machines and shit, like which I did not expect. It's really, 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 really good. It's not. It's nowhere near the. I mean, weirdly, Pearl Jam would become more a rock band as yeah. time has went on, and less a kind of grungy sounding band because that era died a while ago. <laughs> um, but Eddie Vader's voice, fucking amazing. Uh, the guitar riffs. 
really well done. The song's very memorable. I've listened to it like three times now. And I, I just get into I liked the previous album as well, though. Uh, I thought the previous album was woefully underrated in that it was mm-hmm. a, just like a really good commercial rock album. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I did not know one that they were recording. I didn't know two the album was coming out. And three, I didn't know the album was out until about four days after it. And I follow <laughs> a lot of metal publications, rock publications, musicians yeah. and all the rest. And no one was talking about this. So I don't know if Pearl Jam are no longer as relevant as I think they are. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a great, great album. Very catchy, very commercial, really well written, really well put together. And the album's called Gigaton. Nice. I'll need to check that one out. It's definitely on my list. Um, and I'm a fan of Pearl Jam, so I will check that one out. Sounds cool. Um, Duncan, it is 2020. <laughs> oh, dear. And do you know who's still adding bodies to the motherfucking count? <laughs> such a <laughs> Such a great segue. <laughs> <laughs> Ice motherfucking T, that's who. Um, Body Count have a new album. Uh, it's called Carnivore. Mm-hmm. Um, and this follows up their 2017 album, Bloodlust, um, which I must admit, I quite like the last few Body Count albums. I've quite, I quite think enjoyed. The, 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 the are a band that have found their sound. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's the same with this. Um, I actually really enjoyed the new album. Um, it's, yeah, it's a bit cheesy in places as you'd expect. Um, but, you know, it's the same kind of themes that they've covered on previous albums. It's, you know, police brutality, racism, personal loss, all that sort of stuff. Um, but they've thrown in some kind of uh, guests as well, kind of guest appearances into this album. So you've got uh, Jamie Jasta from Hate Breed on there. You've got um, Riley Gale from Power Trip. Mm-hmm. And you've also got Amy Lee in there from Evanescence. Oh, obvious. Like, you're, you're going to do it and get Amy Lee in, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that one, that's the, the kind of one track that just seems a bit odd to me. But um, that track aside, it's actually a cracking album. If you like that kind of jumpy, kind of rap metal uh, style, then I would definitely check this out. Um, it's produced by uh, Will Putney. Um, so just expect it to sound thick. Yeah. It's, it's like... <laughs> Riffs are thick, drums are pummeling, and you know, Ice T dropping these lyrical bombs as you'd expect. Um, some of the heaviest stuff they've done on this album, actually. Yep. Um, but yeah, I dug it. It's, it's not going to make an, an end of year list, but it's enjoyable, definitely enjoyable. Wicked. Well, let me swing in with uh, an album which I literally only heard about because we have a, a, a mutual friend who uh, does promotion for a a company that promote well she, not only does she work for a label but uh, she promotes a lot of bands through her her uh, particular promotion company uh, hold tight um and this is huntsman and she oh. she directed me to uh, daniel carter's radio show saying that he had played the new huntsman track and she loved it and our three word explanation of how it sounded I was like I need to check this out and they must have been on the go for a while I've never heard of them before Um, but their new album is really fucking good Uh, it's called Mandela of Fear and it's like a long album like you strap yourself in to fuck with this one it's about an hour and 20 minutes long Um, and it's great it's like just a really big slab of music which doesn't feel like it goes on as long as it does. I think you lose time listening to it, but the 
there's a craft at work in their songwriting that I really appreciate and they know how to build up sections, like let sections linger. And the weird thing about it is some of the songs are quite long, but it never felt repetitive. I sometimes feel when certain bands of this genre, um, like like play big long kind of sludgy groovy sections or whatever, they will play, sometimes the riff goes on a bit too long, it overstays its welcome by about 30 seconds to a minute. Um, and not in the case of this one there was always something keeping my attention going so yeah it's a, it's a really good one I don't think it's up there amongst the best I've heard this year but it's certainly if you're looking for a bit of diversity something a bit different check out Mandela of Fear by Huntsman yeah stunning album I really enjoyed it actually um, as you say it's quite a long album um, but I think it's, it's a concept album I think isn't it yeah it is indeed yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I really dug it really dug it and I went back and because I was the same like I'd never heard this band before so I went back and listened to um, American Scrap their, their previous album um, but this one I thought was actually it's even more powerful than, than American Scrap um, great harmonies um, lovely kind of guitar melodies quite ghostly sounding mm-hmm. um, uh, the, the one thing that really ticked the box for me was the, the addition of the, the female vocals um, I think her name's Amy Bueno, I think her name is, but just added so much contrast to that album. I loved the female vocals mm-hmm. on that album. Really nice. Um, yeah, check that one out. If you're into that kind of kind of doom, post-metal sludge, yeah, yeah, definitely check out Huntsman. Cool album. Um, next one I've got is actually a band that I had never heard before. Um, they are from Vancouver and they're called Neck of the Woods. Um, they just released uh, a new album, or I think it's a, maybe their debut. Um, it's called The Annex of Ire. Um, and I'd say they're, they're predominantly a kind of progressive metal band, but they also kind of dip into uh, death metal, metal core, a bit of kind of tech metal as well. Um, now, the, the thing that kind of stood out before I'd even listened to the band um, was I noticed that they were on Pelagic Records. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, Pelagic Records, because like, if you look at Pelagic Records' back catalogue of of Rost, sorry, of roster of bands, they've got like, or they've had bands like Cult of Luna and The Ocean and uh, Psychonaut, all that sort of stuff. Great roster. And they very rarely kind of release middle-of-the-road uh, albums. Um, so I was like, oh, I need to check this out. And I was not disappointed at all. Um, kind of like if Misery Signals were heavier. <laughs> that's... that's that's kind of where I would put them. Um, it's an album that totally keeps you on your toes. You know, they've got really cool ideas uh, riff-wise. Um, and the vocalist, the, the vocals were one thing that I really enjoyed. Um, the guy, uh, I think his name is Jeff Radomsky, I think his name is. Um, he's got that kind of real kind of throaty kind of bark. Um, it just kind of cuts through everything. Um, really enjoyed the album. As I said, kind of heavier misery, misery signals. There's a lot of kind of touches of Gojira in there. Um, even between the buried me at times as well, but um, really enjoyed it. It's Neck of the Woods of the band, and uh, the album's called The Annex of Ire. I've added it to my list, Dave. I need to check this out. You've you've sold it to me. Um, <laughs> let's take it in a different a different kind of a, a different mood. Um, yeah. I love this band's debut. Uh, you were the one. I think it was back in the Rock and Reels day. You you kind of you played their single on one of the shows we were recording, and it was totally totally in my alley uh, a band who were formed at a lot of metal bands who formed a punk band who recorded their first album and essentially it was like eight months they wrote recorded and then went out to tour um, the band are called Pears and oh. their new album is self-titled Pears um, yeah. so this is the this is a third album I think right 
Um, and I, I mean, I loved that first album. I wasn't big on the second album, if I'm honest. Oh, really? I thought the second album was all right. I thought the first mm-hmm. album just had a quirky quickness to the way the the sort of like it, every song was just like kind of what I wanted from. I'm not the biggest punk fan. <laughs> That's where people shun me. Um, so there has to be like the songs have to either be really really quick and kind of aggressively fast. Or they have to do something kind of different or bring it out. What, what Pears did was they sounded like a metal band playing punk. Like they had that kind of speed metal drumming. Like the drumming wasn't just like kick, snare, kick, yeah. snare, kick, snare. There was interesting things going on. Um, weirdly enough, I don't know if I will like the middle album more having heard the new album because the new yeah. album was once again a, a big step for the band and I actually really enjoy it. I think it, it works really well. Um they've got a, a good a good mix of songs on it, which like punk can get a bit repetitive and boring with me, and that's why I kinda like pairs. Um because they weren't. Although this one once again feels like a push to be a bigger band. So they've kind of lost a lot of the sharper edges that I felt they had in earlier releases. But certainly, I moved herself into a more viable. Like I could see pairs playing bigger venues. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's really, really good. I think it's yeah. once again not my favorite thing they've done. But yeah. I did not know there were one still on the go, two recorded <laughs> music or three. They had an album coming out, and yeah. you messaged us and said, "Oh, pairs has got an album out," and it literally blindsided me. <laughs> uh, and it was a pleasant little surprise. So yeah. I don't know if there's been personnel changes, but there is a different sound, a different vibe on it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I I loved the last two albums, like um, "Go to Prison" and "Green Star," um, phenomenal albums. And I think I want to say it may have been one of the first podcasts we did. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was one of the yeah, first yeah. singles we ever played, and I was like, "Yeah, we yeah. need to keep playing singles." Yeah, it's superb. Um, and yeah, I'm the same. Um, I enjoyed this new album, but I don't know if I liked it as much as the other two. Um, the other two I felt were a bit more energetic. Um, than this one. This one felt a wee bit more restrained for me. I don't know if they were trying to go for a kind of slightly different different sound. I'm not entirely sure. I still enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I didn't think it was a bad album at all. Um, but I still preferred um, the two before it. But yeah, still check it out. If you're into punk in any kind of way, then Pears is a, a band that you should definitely check out. Nice. Um, what else have I got on my list? Okay, so I'm going to go slightly heavier um, on this one. Um, a band that I'd actually never heard um, of before, but they've been on the go since like the 90s. Um, the band are called Afterbirth, um, and they've just put out an album called Four Dimensional Flesh. <laughs> Love these names. Yeah. Um, they're kind of, I would say they're a kind of death metal slash kind of slam kind of band, but they've got a bit of a kind of prog kind of twist as well. Um, as I said, been going since the 90s, um, and actually the band features uh, members of Helmet and a, another band called Artificial Brain. Um now it's. I'm. I'm going to put this out there. Disclaimer: This is extremely heavy. Um, <laughs> it's uh, literally very... put a challenge out to every listener now. <laughs> yeah, I must go and listen. It's. It's very much an acquired taste. I, I totally get that. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Um, the vocals are like guttural. Like I mean, like low, low. Like like even lower than like George Corpse Grinder. I mean, like oh, very. Low. Um, guitar works very kind of intricate. But um, but visceral at the same time, and the drumming is just 
inhuman. Like I don't know how this guy does it. I'd love to watch a video of this guy playing um, because he, he goes around that kit at some speed that's unbelievable. Um, this particular style, like that, this this kind of level of heaviness with the kind of slam kind of vibe going in, um, I usually find kind of difficult to listen to for kind of long periods, but for some reason this album kind of held my attention for the, the entirety of the album. Um, production is intentionally kind of muddy and raw, um, but completely works. Um, kind of, if I had to say, sounds like they're kind of like a mishmash of like Cryptopsy, with maybe a bit of Disgorge or Vomitory thrown in or Cynic even. Um but yeah it is very heavy so if you're if you're like not into the extreme stuff then maybe this isn't for you. But if you are I would definitely recommend checking out um Afterbirth are the band and it's called Four Dimensional Flesh. Right, let me take you in a completely different direction. <laughs> okay. Um I've been like really eager to see what this band's self titled album well, the, this band's first album, debut album, would sound like, because they put out, I, I want to say it's two or three EPs on various different labels. They were signed to Roadrunner. I don't know if they still are in the States, and it's just through a different group over here, but Music for Nations has just released the album. Mm-hmm. Um, the band are Milk Teeth, and Ooh. they have finally released their self-titled album. Milk Teeth are a female-fronted, essentially grunge band. Right, okay. They write really kind of more kind of, I, I hate to use the word saccharine because it does kind of belittle what they're doing, but really catchy, grunge-styled kind of pop songs, for, for lack of a better word. They're definitely in the rock category, but they have a, a kind of, the, the melodies, particularly her vocals, are, are what really makes it kind of more poppy than anything else. Um, so I, I have been waiting because I liked both EPs quite a bit and I've listened to them quite a lot. So I was worried that what we we're going to get is just a, an album of both those EPs, which, let's be honest, I've seen it happen before. Here's our <laughs> self-titled album and here's just a bunch of songs re-recorded from the EPs. This is like a brand new album of music and it's really, 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 really good. It is commercial as fuck. So if you are offended by commercially written, grunge-inspired, saccharine pop songs, don't listen to Milk Teeth. It's not the band for you. But if you like, like if you have family and you're driving them in the car, you want to have at least some guitars in there and not listen to like shit radio, Milk Teeth is something you could put on for sure. It's really, really well written. Very, very, very catchy. Um instantly forgettable but but a, a good bit of fluff so interesting I'll, I always worry when bands make that transition from EP to album especially when they put out a couple of EPs it makes me think is that because you don't have it in you to write a full album of music which is fine I'm happy if bands have five great songs then if they release an album of 12 songs and there's only five great ones on it mm-hmm. uh, but certainly it's, it, it's, it's stood up to at least three listens already from me uh, and and more before the year is out. It is completely inoffensive and very easy to listen to. Milk Teeth, self-titled Milk album. Teeth. Nice. I'll need to check that out. I actually haven't listened to that yet. Nice one. Uh, my final recommendation um, comes from another new band um, that I'd never heard before, um, and that's partially because this is their first album, but um, the band are called um, Irist. That's I-R-I-S-T. Uh, and they've just released a new album called Order of the Mind uh, on Nuclear Blast. I um, don't know a hell of a lot about the band, to be honest. Um, I know that they kind of 
I suppose the kind of framework uh, for the band started in about 2015. Um, but this is basically, they uh, did some demos and stuff, um, and then they were signed to Nuclear Blast, and uh, this is their, their debut album. So um, imagine the kind of, like the kind of face-melting technicality of Gojira, and then mix that with like the melody of Mastodon, Ooh. and then <laughs> and then imagine the kind of post metal atmosphere of the ocean. I've literally just came in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like for for a first album, uh, very impressive, like really impressive album um, as for a debut. Um, as I said, don't know a hell of a lot about them, um, but just it kind of popped up in my emails. Um, they had a new album coming out on the 27th of March. Um, so I thought, oh, that sounds kind of interesting, but uh, definitely one worth checking out. Um, that's Irist is the band, and Order of the Mind is the album. Nice. Well, let me bring it in with my final pick. Um, you mentioned this band earlier on when you were rattling off a list of French metal bands. Uh, it's one that I really, really, really like. Uh, and they disbanded and they reformed and put out a little EP after teasing quite a bit this year that they were going to be doing something. Um, we've seen them live. We saw them support Gojira on um, all for, on my on my stag before I got married. We would see this band playing an all French lineup, oh, which I'm fairly sure Dave booked. Um, I think Dave booked the tour, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the opening band was Clone. Uh, the headlining yeah. band was Gojira, and the band in the middle was a band called Trapelium. Oh. Uh, so I love Trapelium. Trapelium yeah. are a band who, once again, I don't quite understand why they're not bigger than they are. Um, yeah. And they have morphed their sound for sure over time. They've kind of got this kind of New Orleans kind of ragtime thing going on now yeah. With, yeah. with their sound, which I am totally down with because the kind of groovy techie stuff they do in the background totally suits the music as well. They have a, an image that goes with that and a sound that goes with that. But originally they started off sounding like a kind of tech thrash band. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've, I think the first song I ever heard by them was Insane Architect. And it was maybe the most head-banging song that year. Like It just had this really cool groove about them. And the, they're very playful with the riffs. They're mm-hmm. like a kind of... A kind of slowed down Lama God, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like Lama yeah. God do all that kind of intricate stuff with the, the bass pedals and the guitars, uh, and you know go up and down the fretboard like you know like like someone slipping on a banana skin. Um, yeah. Trapelium are kind of like that, but slower, um, and their grooves are a bit more groovier, and they mm-hmm. have uh, like their vocalist is very Randy Blythe at times. Um, I was interested to see what they would come back with because their previous release from this one was a kind of it was an EP. It was themed and it did it did have that kind of New Orleans ragtimey sound that I wondered after they disbanded if they were just going to go back to their roots. And weirdly, they haven't. They've kind of kept a lot of those elements whilst kind of merging it with some of the the previous album. It is exactly what I want from a Trapelium EP in that it flies right through, really good to listen to. You can headbang your head out of its socket listening to it. Vocally, it's really good. The riffs are brilliant. There's a couple of little tweaks that they do um, where they're riffing, which just make you smile when you hear it. And as a welcome return for those guys, uh, I didn't realise I'd missed them as much 
as I had until I heard the EP, which is called From the Ground. And if you have never listened to Trapelium before, get on it because they are really fucking good. And we can both, both attest really fucking good live. Like really, yep. really, really, really good live. There's something about that French crop and metal bands where they, they deliver the goods live. What they sound like on CDs, what they sound like live. And uh, From the Ground is a great EP. Yep. Agreed. Um, agreed. Um, I enjoyed the last uh, EP, the uh, Voodoo Moonshine. Yep. Um, but I mean, it, it sounds like the title of the EP. To be honest, it's a very well titled uh, EP. Um, from the ground, yeah, you can still hear those little kind of influences coming through, but um, definitely a lot more kind of grooves and actual kind of metal on on this release. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, definitely check that one out. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. So that brings us to uh, the end of our recommendations. Um, and we will be right back after this with a bit of news for you. And welcome back. So let's do some news. So I picked four stories. Let's be honest, the... COVID-19 coronavirus has pretty much decimated tours, so any massive festival or tour that was likely to happen over the summer is no longer. Download last week in the UK announced that they were just like not even bothering to reschedule. It's just not happening this year, uh, which means a lot of bands who had tour dates all planned around that will not be touring. So rather than spend too much time focusing on the effect of the coronavirus, I picked a couple of stories that I thought might be fun. First, is a feel-good story, Dave, uh, as reported by Loudwire.com. Uh, the Deftones are selling merchandise to help struggling road crew. So between tours and festival cancellations, the coronavirus has affected the entire music industry. Deftones are selling merchandise to help out their struggling road crew in these times. Many road crew workers depend on being able to assist with tours and their main source of income. And seeing that concerts are being cancelled all over the world, it's uncertain when they'll be able to work again. Deftones have just cancelled their Australian and New Zealand tour uh, because of the scope of the disease, but are still putting out merchandise for that tour up for sale. So basically, bands that have already created their merch for their tours with the tour dates and all the rest are now left with this. And what Deftones are doing is being pragmatic about it. They went on to say, Our touring crew is essential for us to go out and do what we do for all of you. We will be giving all profits made from this to our crew. If you're able to buy a shirt, we and they would really appreciate the support. Please note all merchandise will be shipping from Australia and will reflect reflect Australian prices. Stay safe and we'll see you soon. So I thought this was brilliant um, because this is... It's not just like... There's many different ways you can help bands just now. The biggest thing you can do, specifically out with buying albums, which I understand a lot of people have, like, you know, Apple Music or Spotify, and the bands get a fraction of that, that you know, that, that revenue back. The best way to support them is buy merch just now. If you were going to go and see the Deftones in Australia, or you were going to go and see them on tour soon, and you can't now because they're not touring, buy a fucking t-shirt. Um, that money goes back to the band in the case of this one goes to the the road crew but if you like any band that you were planning on seeing who have cancelled buy a bit of their merch right now um, because that's going to help them through this I don't think a lot of bands are going to survive this Dave I genuinely yeah. think a lot of them are going to are, are going to just call it a day because the cost is going to be 
anyone that was relying on income this summer is now not sure. getting it. Yeah, yeah, totally agreed. Yeah, for those kind of slightly bigger bands who basically this is their job, yeah, this is going to be really detrimental for them, um, which is a bit of a shame, but uh, I really hope this works. I hope that the, the kind of merch idea helps kind of keep things running just until this kind of thing blows over. Um, I, and I liked, the, as I said earlier, the, the idea that um, Code Orange had with the, the kind of empty venue yep. playing the kind of shows. I know it's not ideal because they're still having to come into contact with each other, but um, you know, if it was something that, that bands could do and like even, I mean, I'd pay to watch, watch something like that, you know, live streamed or whatever. Like I know people can't go to shows right now, but um, if there was any possibility of, of bands still doing that kind of um, empty venue type show where they could stream it live over the internet and, you know, fans paid, I don't know, five, 10 quid, whatever, just to kind of watch, then I would absolutely do that. But yeah, anything for them to kind of keep making money. Um, so hopefully we don't lose too, too many bands. Yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll see. We will see. Right, next story. I'm, I'm classed this story as a, and I'm sure someone wants this, but maybe not me. <laughs> uh, Limp Bizkit guitarist Wes Borland has settled on a release date for a collection of previously unheard demos by Eat The Day. The musician stated that the side project in 2001, uh, or sorry, started the side project in 2001 after leaving frontman Fred Durst Rap Rock Act. However, Borland eventually shelved the outfit after he was unable to secure a suitable singer. How difficult is it to get a singer? Uh, he returned to Limp Biscuit in 2004, but took another three-year break from Biscuit in 2006. What a non-committal bastard. Anyway, <laughs> now Eat the Day's demos will finally see the light of day. The effort, which con- contains eight tracks, features cover artwork by the guitarist himself. Uh, and last week, Borland gave listeners a taste of albums elephant on social media. On Sunday 29th of March, the musician's brother Scott Borland, who was also in the band, talked a little, a little bit about Eat the Day's demos and looked back on the period which they created. It has been nearly 20 years since my brother Greg, Isabel and myself wrote a ton of awesome music, tried and failed to find a vocalist and then moved on to other things, Scott explained. It was probably the most musically focused time of my life and although it's unfinished, I'm glad that these demos are going to see the light of day. Scott contributed keyboards to Limp Biscuits albums such as Significant Other and Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavoured Water. He also performed alongside Wes in Big Dumb Face. Eat the Day's early demos arrive to stream and download April 8th. Um, my question is, do we need do we need a, a Wes Borland failed project demos album i'm not aware of anyone i i can remember like 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 groups like team sleep you know mm-hmm. where people were like we need to hear the demos we need to hear the demos <laughs> we need to hear the songs and never like because it was this huge project that i don't i don't know but i had never heard of this project before and i was a big fan of west borland then and i was zero fucking interest to hear this uh what about you dave is this something that you i mean you like listening to is this one of these this might surprise me this might be amazing some things uh no it's not <laughs> i i could not care less to be honest um i, I wasn't a massive fan of even big dumb face I hate big dumb face i bought that <laughs> album i bought that and fucking even, album <laughs> even the the black light burn stuff i mean it was marginally better but still not that first on it to be honest um so yeah this uh, you know listening to demos from a, a project that i've never really heard uh not really 
I'm, I mean, I may, I may eat my words, but um, uh, no interest in hearing eat the day. I think we will be proved right, Dave. That's how confident <laughs> I am. Uh, so this is huge news for me, if you've listened to the Top 5 album segment, uh, or Top 5 bands, sorry. Uh, Nine Inch Nails, surprise release, Ghosts, very, very, Volumes, can't speak, 5 and 6 early, Thursday 26th of March, and the new albums from the Trent Reznor-led outfit are available for fucking free from the band's website. The Joe Pronged Affair and the latest and the group's instrumental journey that started with Ghost Volume 1 through 4 in 2008. Fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> the two albums ostensibly represent light and dark, with the guidelines from the group indicating that Ghost Volume 5 together is for when things seem like they might be okay, and Ghost Volume 6, Locusts, exists as the opposite. So, here we go. This is what it said. Uh, <clears throat> ready for this? Nine Inch Nails would say... As the news seems to turn ever more grim by the hour, we found ourselves uh, vacillating wildly between feeling like there may be hope at times to utter despair. Um, music, whether listened to, thinking about it or creating it, has always been the thing that's helped us get through anything good or bad. With that in mind, we've decided to burn the midnight oil and complete these new ghost records as a means of saying somewhat sane. The albums are available on streaming sites 24 hours later, so you can now get them on Spotify, iTunes, and all your other places. Um, and Ghost Volumes 1 through 4 uh, had 34 ghost songs um, produced by musical backings of rappers like Lil Nas, who used them in a crossover hit. Did you ever hear this old time road, Dave? I did. You did? Well, yeah, he owes it to Trent Reznor. I think May picked up an award for this as well, by the way. Did he not pick up the Grammy or something because of this? Because the music used in the back of Old Town Road actually comes from Ghosts Volume 34. So, yeah, uh, anyway, he's done tons of stuff. He's done loads of film scores. He's he's a busy, busy man. And above all else, because times are bad, he released two brand new albums, which I can tell you right now are fucking amazing. Oh, how he keeps doing it. Like... Yeah. You are rock hard right now, aren't I you? I fucking am, like, because I, 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 I found out about this via Twitter as he posted it, because I do follow, I have like, it set up so when he tweets, I get the tweet straight away, and I was like, what the actual fuck? And then for free, I was, I was running upstairs to get my wallet, and then I listened to them both back to back, and they're fucking amazing. They're, like, again, completely different from the previous Go Soutons. These are more musically based, so there's less kind of experiment with, with instrumentation, like you're, you're not getting xylophones and shit like that, but what it does have is some huge fucking dark segments, like that that second one Locusts has a couple of tracks that are just despair incarnate, so yeah, over the moon about this one dare I even ask if you bothered listening to these yet? I haven't actually listened to it yet Get off the show that. that you've created um, <laughs> It's on my list that's uh, Pearl Jam Milk Teeth <laughs> And Nine Inch Nails is now on my list, Duncan. Yeah, go and check it out. They're free. Well, they're, they are free directly from his website. Or yeah. if you're paying a subscription fee to a thing, you can get them. I would opt for the free one. So it gives notification to Nine Inch Nails that you care and you love him. Uh, and that, that is the way it should be. Right, uh, our final story. I thought this would be fun to lighten up the show, not realising we're going to go as long as we have. So I'm literally wanting to agree or disagree to this because Loudwire, who we've taken all our stories for this month, uh, posted an article which caught my eye, which is the 30 best rock albums 
of the year 2000, Dave. So this is how we age ourselves horribly because this would have been the end of our first year in college. So ostensibly the end of the first year we met. So we'd known each other a year uh, and I just want an agree or disagree. So do you think this is one of the best or it isn't? Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. You will go, then I will go, then you will go, and I will go, etc. Right, so first up, a perfect circle, murder gnome. Uh, disagree. I agree. How dare, <laughs> top 30, how dare you? Um, fucking love that album. Uh, AFI, The Art of Drowning. Disagree. I also agree with this one. <laughs> <laughs> starting to, starting to realise I might be a Loudwire subscriber. Uh, Alkaline Trio, Maybe I'll Catch Fire. Uh, the fact uh, that you're struggling right now makes me think as I know I, I like I like alkaline trio but, uh, okay I'll, I'll go agree on that one I will go disagree um, <laughs> this is one that will uh, hard agree on this one at the drive-in relationship of command oh 100% and agreed maybe maybe the best album that year <laughs> fucking amazing <laughs> uh, Bad Religion the New America I've not heard this one uh, yeah, possibly agree. Good album, yeah. Um, yeah oh, don't get somebody to get a semi. Uh, Deftones, White Pony. Yeah, oh, 100%. It's fucking amazing as well. Yeah, probably, probably could possibly be my favourite Deftones album. Ooh, bold statement. <laughs> Out of fucking nowhere, Whiplash. Motherfucking Whiplash. Oh, uh, disturbed, down with the sickness. <laughs> um... It's it's an okay. It's probably probably their best album. So yeah, possibly yeah. I'm going to go agree. I have to agree. I listen to this album. <laughs> I hate them now, but oh, I listen to album about a million times. Uh, right, the X's, the X's. Uh, don't think I've heard it. Neither have I. So oh. that's bullshit. Uh, here's <laughs> another fucking aging you horribly, but it's an amazing album. Uh, we saw them on their tour for this as well on the Roadrunner lineup. Glass Jaws, everything you ever wanted to know about Silence. Oh, agreed. Phenomenal album. Fucking amazing album. Right, uh, maybe less phenomenal here. Um, Godsmack, Awake. Ooh. Um, uh, agree. I'm going to agree. I don't like this album. I like the oh, really? previous one. Yeah, I, I bought that as well and I like the previous one. Um, Good Charlotte's Good Charlotte. Oh, was that the one with all the good songs in it or not? Uh, this is not the one with all the good songs in it. <laughs> okay, I'm going to disagree then. <laughs> uh, Green Day's Warning. Oh, no, I disagree. This is the, the album that really made them sound shit, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Uh, him, Razorblade Romance. Um, Not a huge fan, but I can appreciate that album. So yeah, I'd agree with that one. I do. I totally agree with it. I love it. Um, the Hives, Vendi, Vidi, Vicious. Ooh, um, not, not totally sure on that album. I have heard it, but I couldn't tell you if it was great or not, so I'd, I'd say disagree. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I do like The Hives, but it's not one of my favourites. Uh, what about yeah. Limp Biscuits, Chocolate Starfish <laughs> and the Hot Dog Flavoured Water? Fuck that album. Why <laughs> <laughs> you not rolling, rolling, rolling? No, I'm not. No, no, no. <laughs> what about Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's a great fucking album. I'd like yeah. as much as like I kind of went off them pretty quick. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a fucking great album. Uh, Marilyn Manson's Hollywood in the Shadow of the Valley of Death. 
Ooh, um, not not his greatest album, but of that year, possibly. Yeah, yeah it's agree. packed with fucking absolute brilliant, like Nobody's Fight Song, Disposable Teens. It's, it's a really good album, and once again, totally different from Mechanical Animals, which might upset some people, is my favourite Marilyn Manson album. <laughs> um, what about New Found Glory, self-titled New Found Glory? Oh, come on. That's <laughs> got to be in there. Love that album. Hit or Miss is maybe one of the best pop punk songs ever yeah. fucking written. Yeah. So I'm with you on that one. Uh, what about Nickelback's The State? Oh, Jesus. Um, you made me buy this album. Did I? Yes. I'm really, I'm really sorry about that. Because it was on Roadrunner Records, I'm sure, and you told me to get it. <laughs> um, it's, it's hard to pick, you know. The, the officer's the same, to be honest, the Nickelback <laughs> Um uh, I'm, I'm going to say I disagree just because it's Nickelback to be honest yeah I don't, I don't like it uh, which is what I said after I listened to the copy I bought um, <laughs> no effects pump up the volume oh yeah cracking album Yeah, I like it as well The Offsprings Conspiracy of One uh, yeah I've got a wee guilty pleasure on that one actually yeah. <laughs> yeah. you yeah. love a bit of original prankster yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, Roach's Infest Oh yeah, hundred percent. Coming to a fast, give me your head. <laughs> oh yeah, I'd, I'm going with that one as well. I listen to the shit of that one. Uh, Pedal jams, binaural. binaural. Um, I'm gonna say no because, like, I think I only know one song on this album. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm racking my brains trying to think. No, I'm gonna disagree on that one. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age, rated R. Yeah, good album. It's a great album. Yeah. Uh, and whatever you do, Dave, don't tell anyone. Um, what's a lyric from that album? Uh, <laughs> Rage Against the Machines, Renegades. Oh, was this the covers? Yeah, thing? I didn't like the covers. Nah. Disagree. <laughs> no. nah. What are you doing? Uh, I know this will be a hard no from Davey, but this is actually a big yeah from me because uh, I've gotten to this band. The older I get, the more I like it. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Machina, the Machines of the Gods. Fuck no. It's a yes from this guy. What about <sighs> Snot's Straight Up, the tribute album? Oh, um, I'm going to say I'm going to agree on that one. I disagree because there's like about four songs in that that are utter dog shit <laughs> that don't sound like, I don't understand why Corey Taylor's on it. I don't think they ever toured with Snot. Um, <laughs> but for some reason. Uh, one that's a hell fucking year from this guy, Taproot's Gift. Oh, Yes. Yes. Listen to it a couple of weeks ago. Still fucking amazing. Yeah, definitely a really underrated band. Yep. Uh, Three Doors Down, The Better Life. Uh, yeah, dug that album. I agree. Did not, Dave. Oh, really? Spit in your face. Uh, <laughs> vast music for the people. Oh, I should remember this. It's definitely ringing bells. I can't actually quite remember any of the songs from this album. So I'm. I remember Free was the big single. Right. Oh yeah, right, okay. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, right. I, I, I don't agree or disagree. And that, that, ladies and gents, was the 30 best rock albums of 2000. I, I think there's a whole hell of a lot missing off there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Primitive's not on there, but it's Soulfly. Um, really? Yeah, it's not on that list. Not on that list, which instantly makes that list shit. Um, so yeah, that is the end of the news. Thank you, Duncan. And uh, we'll be back with our first album review right after this. Okay, so we're back, uh, and we're back with our first album review on the podcast. 
Um, first album review is going to be uh, by a band by the name of Duel. If you're thinking to yourself, who is this Duel that Dave mentions? Well, uh, Duel are a five-piece band from Rotterdam in the Netherlands. Um, and they've got a, a kind of dark rock kind of sound. And, and, and by dark rock, I mean anything from kind of hard rock to gothic, doomy, occult rock, I suppose, to try and sum it up. Um, they are about to release uh, their new album, Summerland, on the 10th of April through Prophecy Productions. Um, a little bit of information on the album. It was recorded at Daft Studios in Belgium and Studio Cobra in Sweden with uh, Martin Aaron Krona from Tribulation and In Solitude. And the album was mixed and mastered by Cult of Luna drummer Magnus Lindbergh at Redmount Studio in Stockholm. And uh, Summerland follows uh, the band's debut full-length Here, Now, There, Then, which was released in 2017. So, what did we think of the new album? Now, I'm pretty sure we both quite liked uh, Here, Now, There, There, Then. I'm pretty sure I messaged you when this came out. Yes, you did. You you messaged me and said, you will like this album. And I listened to it and I was like, Dave, you know what? I like this album. Uh, Yeah, I, I, I I thought the... Once again, kind of leading into themes here, the big like overarching theme of what I like musically is bands that mix a lot uh, yeah. of different things, and and that's what you got with uh, specifically with uh, here now uh, there then. Uh, I thought it had these kind of brooding, kind of almost gothic elements, which were mixed in really really well with what I would say is really mainstream rock, mm-hmm. um, and I was. I once again I'd forgotten all about this band post listening to the album, so I listened to it like got rotated a few times and then fell out of rotation and then forgot all about them. So when you were like, right, we're going to pick a couple of albums to review for our first episode back, we'll do Duel, and I'm like, that name rings a bell. Type it into the old iTunes, it pops up. I'm like, ah, I remember this album, and then I listened to the new album, and I will tell you right now. there, there is a band that has taken three years and crafted a much better album. Like, 100%. Yeah, I think they've 100%. 100% found their sound, and their sound is everything from huge influence from Alice in Chains, specifically in the kind of vocal melodies that they're yeah. employing, but it's got, it's got like segments of like conventional hard rock. There's these kind of darker elements. There's weird. There's kind of almost like hex vessel moments. A kind of weird, kind of almost paganistic, folky sort of ye olde time music that just kind of appears and disappears at, at parts in there. Um, but what is is maybe one of the easiest listens that I've listened to this year. And that I like when it finished, I went right back on again. Yeah. Um, so I, I, the first time I listened to it, I played it twice back to back. Mm-hmm. And vocally, it's just a really rich sounding album, but the musically, it's just interesting. The songs are really catchy, but really interestingly written. And yeah, yeah. They're, they're well on the map for me now. Yeah, definitely. 100%. I, I realise I'm not, I say 100% quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, you're reiterating <laughs> that we understand that 100% is the maximum, not 130, <laughs> like you said at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, my maths are now in order. Um, you could definitely tell, like, when I listened to the, the last album, when I went back and listened to it again when I was reviewing this, um, you could definitely tell they were kind of honing their craft. 
on that last album. Um, there were a handful of kind of tracks that really kind of sunk the hooks in. Um, and even though the album was dark and kind of broody in places, it did have a, quite a few standout moments. Um, but I felt this album really kind of expanded um, on that kind of formula of gloomy, but at the same time really memorable. Um, the album opens really strong. Um, the first two singles that the band have released, um, Sulphur and Starlight and Wolfman, um, two of the biggest hitters on the album and they hit you straight away. Um, they're not like typically like single length, um, but they very much like tick all the boxes, I, I thought. Um, both tracks sound like very musically punchy. Mm-hmm. You can hear like the production on the album is clearly a step up from uh, here, now, there, then. Um, everything sounds a little bit richer, uh, a little bit brighter, a bit more dynamic. Um, and I think because of that, um, it, has, it has more impact on, on the listener. Um, musically, like the, the guitar melodies are really well crafted on this album. Um, and on both of those tracks, um, the guitars are quite kind of minimalist, um, not a lot of distortion. And then when the heavier parts kick in, it's kind of even more powerful. Um, and it kind of allows the kind of those kind of kind of thick bass lines take more of a kind of prominent role. Um, gives the kind of verses a wee bit more drive, I suppose. Um, but for me, like the, the choruses are where the band have really went to the next level. Um, some of the best choruses Duel have written are on this album. Um, and as you said, the vocal performance from I think it's Ryan uh, Van Dorst, her name is flawless vocals. Like her range, um, her, her tone, choice of melody is like absolutely on the mel- on the money. Um, the, those two tracks are then like followed up by uh, another track called God Particle, mm-hmm. which um, kind of kicks in, got a kind of middle, almost like a Middle Eastern type vibe to it. Um, but then that kind of builds, and as you said, that's got a bit of kind of post-punk about it. Um, I was picking up the kind of um, almost kind of grave pleasures at times. Um, oh yeah, and, definitely. Uh, I was picking that up, and, and as you said, this with the, the Hex Vessel as well. I was picking that up too. Um, but it's still got that kind of like kind of gothic overtone that Duel are actually well known for. Um, and again, another great vocal performance uh, from Ryan Van Dorst on that track. Really cool, really cool bass lines actually on God Particle. Um, bassist, I think it was JB, his name is, I want to say, I think he was an aborted. Oh, gee. <laughs> I, think, I think so. I, I do, I think, I need to go and check this out because his name definitely rings a bell. And I think, I think he might have been the bassist in aborted at one point. I need to check that. Um, but yeah, very kind of captivating bass lines uh, on that track. Um, which, uh, yeah, and as I said, you've got that kind of grave pleasure, the kind of beast milk kind of feel at times. Um, and that kind of comes along a later album as well. I think there's a track called The Wells Run Dry. It's got that kind of vibe to it. Yep. Um, a- another standout for me would be uh, Be Your Sins. Um, it's got a kind of like Barracuda type kind of guitar yeah. rhythm. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool. Like you just one of those ones you really kind of, your head just totally nods to it the whole way through. Um, and another chorus that will get totally stuck in your head. Um, that one's got a, a little kind of organ solo on it as well. Oh, like, yes, towards the end. Did you notice that? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, I was like that. It's like it's, they almost crafted this song for me. <laughs> um, but that one, the, the organ solo was done by uh, a guy called Per. It's either Weeberg or Weiberg. I'm not sure how you pronounce his name, but he played keyboards with Opeth for a while. Ah. Um, and I think I think he still plays with Spiritual Beggars actually. But um, it gave this track a bit of, a more a kind of seventies vibe with that uh, the kind of organ sound coming in. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, what else I love about this? Um, I think that the last thing that I want to mention that I really enjoyed was the kind of the kind of contrasting moments on the on the album. 
Um, if you compare those like heavier tracks uh, at the beginning to tracks like Summerland um, or even the closing track, Dust and Shadow, they are kind of musically like less aggressive but um, have a more kind of tranquil vibe. But the the melodies are still just as haunting um, and they actually hit you just as hard as the, the kind of heavier tracks uh, on the release. Um, and I think it's like at those moments that I realised like how far they've actually come since from 2017. Um, but the band, like said themselves, after that first album was released, they toured kind of non-stop and it was at that point where they started to kind of um, hone their sound and kind of um, start to get those kind of everything in, in line and how they wanted to actually sound as a band. Um, like yourself though, like I, I went back to this um, countless times. It's a really easy album to listen to. It's almost um, an hour long. That's the thing that kind of blows my mind. It's 55 minutes long. Um, and it flies by and you can very comfortably just shove it on again and that's almost two hours gone it's brilliant yeah absolutely I can see myself like going back to this album uh, later in the year and just kind of playing it over and over Uh, very easy to listen to Um, and as I said like those choruses that you get totally stuck in your head like I was like after listening to it I was like humming the the, the choruses and stuff later on really really good album Uh, they've come a long way in three years actually um what would you what would you rate this album? Oh right, we've not spoken about rating. So uh, are we doing a five out of ten? What do we think? Um, let's go five. Everything's five for me. Everything's five. Uh, this is a solid four, man. Like oh, that's nice. like really really well crafted. Very easy to listen to, but that doesn't take anything away from the the really good songwriting like, that's the thing that like you were mentioning like like bass lines guitar parts and all the rest everything is so well produced and stand out and there's a lot of variety on the album as well that I think just makes it really easy to listen to so yeah 4 out of 5 from me nice nice um, I might actually go a point five more Whoa. actually I know I know throwing out the 4.5s in the first episode um, I uh, I would have probably said their, their last album was like a maybe like a three and a half possibly yep. three three and a half um this one i'd probably go 4.5 and i think it's going to be one that um, i'm going to love even more as, as i listen to it throughout the year so i'd go 4.5 out of five on this one nice and what was the name of the album where could people hear it um so the album drops on april 10th um and the album is called summerland um by duo um so you can check that out it hits all the kind of digital streaming places on the 10th um, and if you want to check them out online, uh, you'll find them. They're on Facebook. Um, I think it's facebook.com forward slash all those who all those who wander are dull is the Facebook page. It's D O O L, not D U L E, because we're Scottish yes. and everything sounds weird. <laughs> yeah, so check them out. Um, crack an album. Um, definitely see. Um, check your, your your streaming platforms for that one when it drops on the tenth. Um, nice. Uh, so we're going to take a little break, going to play some music, and then we'll be back with another album review. Um, this track comes from a, a band from Brisbane. Uh, they're a hardcore band called Stepson. Um, this is a, a track from their, their debut album, which is going to come out later this year uh, on Sharpton Records. The, the album's called Help Me Help You, and this track is called Run. We'll be back right after this.
back here uh, that was a uh, stepson uh, be sure to check that album out when it drops later this year um it's called help me help you um okay so on to the next album review um so yeah, i was thinking when i was thinking about album reviews i was uh, i was thinking you know we could review albums that are already out or you know just about to be released but i tried to pick something that's got um a couple of weeks um in advance um, of its release and it's a band that kind of haven't been on the scene for a few years, so I thought it might be quite interesting to discuss uh, their new release. Um, our second album review comes from the Swedish Masters of Melancholy, Catatonia. Um, they're about to release their 11th album, believe it or not. <laughs> Shit. Um, I know. Uh, it's called City Burials, and it's out on April 24th on uh, Peaceful Records. Um, and as I mentioned, after the band's kind of last touring cycle in 2017, they actually went on hiatus. Um, they said they kind of felt kind of burnt out, um, decided to take a break and assess whether Catatonia was something they still wanted to do. Uh, but the good news for us is that this hiatus has kind of relit that fire that the band once had, and they're back with a brand new album called City Burials. Um, yeah, so Catatonia is a band that I've kind of really enjoyed, really loved listening to for for mega years um i don't know about yourself are you much of a catatonia fan yeah so like weirdly about this one once again back in the old time frame of when we met and stuff i remember getting a uh, last fair deal gone down in 2001 because uh, right. it was released when i was at college which meant it was a new release which meant i bought it uh, <laughs> and it was in stark contrast to pretty much every cd i owned which meant it got played loads um, and then I kind of lost touch with them until we started doing rock and roll reviews and yeah. then Dead End Kings came in and I think I want to say I reviewed that one as well and it got a thumping high score for me because I thought it was fucking brilliant yeah. and weirdly again uh, I have not heard the album that came out after I never heard The Fall of Hearts <laughs> so I did not know that album even existed and I didn't know they were still on the go until you got in touch to say oh by the way we're doing City Burials their new album and I was like hmm let's, <laughs> let's find out how this sounds some yeah. what six seven years removed from the previous <laughs> time that I heard them uh, so it turns out that they did go on high it's just not when I thought they did <laughs> so um, I mean I'm, I'm happy to kick off with this one because I think that you've given me some information which I know you'll furnish our listeners with shortly um, this is really fucking good like surprise surprise not what I was expecting was again maturity <laughs> kind of with the band like they yeah. sound more mature more accomplished uh, it's not as dreamy as some like kind of darkly dreamy as some of their, their older stuff and yeah. I felt and the fact that you told me in our chat makes a lot of sense here um, yeah. and that these songs feel very much like songs written for and this will come out in a way which I don't want it to, but songs written for radio. Yeah, yeah. Like songs written specifically for pe people who are listening to 
not kind of huge rocky songs or proggy songs or these long epic songs, even though some of the songs do extend to about the five minute mark. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all very conventionally structured, but that doesn't take away from their interest. This is another album that uses good use of layers. Layers of sound that build up to build atmosphere. Vocally, it is on fucking point from start <laughs> to finish. And the detail you told me was what, Dave? Yes, yeah, so the, the detail um, was that this album is actually, the vast majority of it anyway, has been written by the vocalist. <laughs> Which makes... A hundred percent. Like, if you told me that the Pissing Razor's new singles and new album was produced by a drummer, I would believe that, right? Because that's literally every Pissing Razor's album ever. So the drums are right in the front. Um, But you can tell here that this has been, like, uh, uh, the emphasis on melody is front and foremost, but the, the emphasis on what a vocalist would do over a song is at the front of this. And as a result, any single song on this this uh, album could be a single easily. Yeah. Like absolutely, it is an amazing collection of of really well written songs that like I've, I've listened to this one more than I've listened to Duel. Uh, yeah. Interestingly enough, and this is we didn't get like a copy of this album. We got a stream of this, so yeah. their site has been taking an abnormal amount of hits <laughs> from me. <laughs> it's just played on loop. I've, I've, I, I find it completely engrossing. Like I, I just lose my time when I'm listening to it. I think it's, I'd like every single. It's difficult to even just highlight one song as being great. Um, yeah. Like the whole album is just impeccably crafted. It's a brilliant fucking album. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, oh, there I go. Go on. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I did. I did actually um, listen to the band's uh, last album, uh, The Fall of Hearts, and I thought it was a great album. Um, but it was one that I didn't love on first listen, uh, but kind of grew on me over time with repeated listens. Uh, and it was a, it was probably less intense than the one you were talking about, Dead End Kings. Um, but the focal point on it was again, it was kind of more atmosphere and mood. Um, but what I would say about The Fall of Hearts is it was probably one of Jonas's best vocal performances. Yeah to get better just with every every album they release um and then obviously with this one um jonas has taken the reins on the writing of the music uh and the lyrics um i think uh, the guitarist did have some input and in kind of trying to direct him in the right way he would send ideas over he would then kind of critique them and stuff but as i said the, the vast majority of it was uh jonas that put this stuff together um and i found that quite interesting because although this album um still has kind of progressive moments and stuff it's definitely less progressive than The Fall of Hearts. Um, and overall, it's probably one of the most varied albums. Um, the first like three tracks, for instance, um, Heart Set to Divide, kind of like, ticks all the boxes as an opening track. Uh, slow, kind of mysterious build-up, clean guitars, mm-hmm. some nice strings and stuff in the background. And then eventually, Jonas's kind of smooth tone comes in and then it kind of climaxes into a kind of heavy progressive riff with double bass pedals. Um, as I said, nicely layered up with lots of strings and kind of guitar leads and stuff um, that make the track sound huge. Um, but it's probably the most progressive song on the album, um, and possibly I'd say the heaviest track on the album. Mm-hmm. That then leads into um, the two singles that the band have already released, 
um, behind the blood, um, which is less progressive than the first track in terms of any riffs and rhythms and stuff, but still has those kind of dark, melodic qualities that Catatonia are, are kind of known for. Um, but then it goes into Lacquer, the third track in the album, which is like completely stripped back mm-hmm. um, compared to the, the two songs before. Almost like has a bit of an anathema vibe to it. Very much so, yeah, yeah. Um, and loads of like, electronics and stuff as well. I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like, I know they've, they've used bits of electronics before, but um, this was definitely a lot more prominent than before. Um, but as you said, though, um, the vocals are the selling point um, of this track and of the album. Uh, the melodies are stunning. Like, um, and I didn't even mind that like the tracks like Lacquer didn't have any heavy elements at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the first that, those first three tracks are all kind of different levels of intensity, but I think that's what uh, that contrast really works on the album. Uh, and those kind of lacquer type tracks, you know, the kind of stripped back stuff, um, those are kind of scattered throughout City Burials. Um, Vanishers being a, like another example of that, a very kind of minimalist approach where the band kind of aren't relying on kind of big riffs, but just kind of well-crafted memories that, that leave that kind of lasting impression. Um, this is a, I found this album really immersive. Um, and again, it was one that and it kind of difference to the, the dual album it took me kind of repeated listens to kind of fully kind of comprehend what Catatonia were trying to achieve with this release. Um, but I think once you listen to it a few times, it completely clicks with you. And then you start to really appreciate how good the album is. A mm-hmm. um, couple of my favorite tracks uh, were uh, The Winter of Our Passing um, and Flicker was another one that I really enjoyed. And um, they were kind of like that perfect blend, the kind of dark riffs, really uplifting melodies. Um, crisp production and uh, really kind of well put together lyrics as well um again not overly heavy tracks but they leave you kind of feeling like you've kind of been on that journey with them um and that's i suppose that's how this album kind of felt to me like a, like a bit of a journey that's probably best listened to as a whole yeah definitely um, yeah and, and i kind of felt when i got to the end of it i kind of felt like that could possibly be one of one of catatonia's best albums if i'm honest um one, one other thing I thought was amazing on this album was the production. Um, the production is absolutely flawless. Um, it's, it's, it feels kind of massive when those kind of heavier parts kick in, uh, but it's just as stunning when there's those kind of more kind of delicate moments uh, on the album. Um, it was mixed by uh, Jakob Hansen, um, which I've read that the band have never worked with him before, but he's done a stellar job, absolute stellar job. Um, I, I love this album from start to finish, and, and and I imagine when it comes out, you know, on kind of digital streaming stuff, I will play the fucking life out of this album. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, I know this is a first podcast, Duncan, right? But this is this is a five for me. It's a five for me. Uh, this, yeah. Like this is this is like when when I talk about albums that are perfect albums, that doesn't mean that it has the greatest musicianship in the world. It doesn't mean that you know it's the you know the the most challenging demanding or even the catchiest albums a perfect album to me is an album where i can't imagine any part of it sounding better than it does nothing that i would change and this is a flawless album from start to finish is he full fully realized just musical journey that from start to finish has my attention from the very first time I listened to it to the yeah. multiple times I've listened to it now. It, it doesn't get much cleaner or better than this. So, yeah, five for yeah. me. Nice. 
Two fives. Um, yeah, so that's uh, Catatonia. Uh, the brand new album comes out on April 24th. It's called City Burials. Uh, it's out on Peaceful Records. Um, if you want to check out the band, uh, you'll find them on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Catatonia. That's Catatonia with a K. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused with the Welsh Britpop band. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that is our second album review of the podcast. Um, be sure to check both of those albums out. Um, if there's albums you think we should check out or review on the podcast, be sure to let us know. We'll give you all the socials and stuff at the end of the podcast, but uh, we're happy to take suggestions. If there's something coming out you think, I'd like to hear those guys review that, then let us know and we'll try our best to do it. Okay, uh, we are going to take a short break and we'll be back right after this with some upcoming release news for you. Okay, Duncan, um, we're looking now at April and we're having a look and it's it's fairly stacked in terms of new releases for, for April. So what I thought was um, I'd try and make a, a kind of short list of albums that are on my radar anyway um, and are due for release over the next month. And then it just gives you guys an idea of, of what's coming out and maybe stuff you can take a note of and think, oh yeah, I know that band. I'm going to check that out when it comes out. And stuff we'll um, probably mention in a month's time. <laughs> yes, probably, yeah. <laughs> Likely, yeah. Um, so at the start of the month, um, we've got a, a kind of handful of decent releases at the start of the month. Uh, these are all due on the 3rd of April. Um, if you're not your metalcore, we've got a, a new release from August Burns Red, oh, nice. which is uh, is due on the third. It's called Guardians. It's due um, to be released on Fearless Records. Um, unfortunately, the the Bury Tomorrow album, which is called Cannibal, it was due for release on the third, but it's been pushed back to July due to the whole COVID nineteen bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's no longer out on the third. Uh, other releases on the third, we've got the new Testament album, Titans of Creation. Uh, so if you're in a bit of thrash, check that out. Um, we've also got the new Cabal, which we've we played a track from uh, on the podcast. It's called Drag Me Down, uh, out on the 3rd of April. Uh, we've also got a new release from Beggar. Um, I recommend checking these guys out. Um, their album drops on the 3rd. It's Compelled to Repeat, it's called. So if you're in a kind of extreme kind of sludge, um, they're from London. Uh, check them out. Their album drops on the 3rd of April as well. Um, I think that's it for the 3rd. Um, the main ones anyway on the 10th of April we've got a couple of good releases coming out uh, Azusa um, they've got an album coming out on the 10th it's called Loop of Yesterdays uh, and this features uh, members of Dillinger's Gate Plan and Extol Extol mm, um, nice yes yes uh, so definitely check that one out it sounds pretty cool they've released a couple of tracks on uh, YouTube and stuff you can check them out on Spotify and stuff uh, what else we've got? We've got the new Caligram album. It's called The Eye is the First Circle. If you're into your kind of blackened hardcore crust type stuff. Uh, Rotting Out. Uh, got a new release called Ronin. It's out on the 10th uh, if you're into your hardcore stuff. Uh, the new Benighted. I cannot wait to hear. Obviously, French. Um, mm-hmm. they, uh, they have a new album called Obscene Repressed. Uh, so if you're into your death metal, uh, check out the new Benighted album. We've also got Metal Church. It's called From the Vault. Uh, we've got some Nightwish uh, on the 10th as well. It's called Human to Nature. And then obviously the new Duel album, which we already mentioned on the podcast. Uh, we've got the new Aborted EP. Um, it's called La Grande Masquerade. It's uh, due on the 17th of April. So if you, again, if you're into your death metal, 
um, then definitely check that one out. Uh, Abysmal Dawn, some more death metal for you. It's called Phylogenesis. Uh, it's out on Season the Mist on the 17th. We've also got the new Black Dahlia Murder, mm-hmm. uh, Verminous. Um, it's out. Um, if, so if you like your kind of death metal, melodic death metal, then check that one. Uh, we've got the Ditch in the Delta, uh, kind of sludge, black and sludge stuff. Uh, we've got the new Chemist, which is uh, called Doomed Heavy Metal. So it gives you an idea of how that's going to sound. And then end of the month, we've got the new Catatonia, which we've already spoke about. Uh, City Burials. We've got a new Trivium album. Yeah, which is, could be uh, interesting. Yeah, it could be. Um, the, the two tracks they released, um, I preferred the second track. I uh, can't remember the name of it, but it was um, kind of less sugary than the, than the first one, but um, could be interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to hear how that goes. Uh, it's called What the Dead Men Say. Actually, I think the track was called What the Dead Men Say. Um, what else? We've got new Ulcerate albums. If you're into your kind of technical death metal kind of avant-garde stuff. Um, they've got a new album. It's called Stare Into Death and Be Still. Uh, new Warbringer album. So again, if you're into thrash, check that out. It's called Weapons of Tomorrow. Uh, Barishi, Barishi, I'm not sure how you pronounce that, called Old Smoke and Season of Mist. It's kind of uh, kind of doomy, kind of sludgy. Got a bit of progressive feel to it as well. It uh, sounds like it could be pretty cool. And then finally... Uh, a new band called Werewolves, that's W-E-R-E, Wolves, uh, members of Psychroptic and the Berserker. Oh, dear um, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's called The Dead Are Screaming, so it's due out on the 24th as well on Prosthetic Records. So that's a bit of a, a roundup of stuff I am looking forward to, uh, or me and Duncan are both looking forward to in April. There's probably going to be more, so on the next podcast we will delve deeper and try and find... Uh, everything that's good in april and let you know about it on the next show um yeah so that's us almost coming to an end of the first episode don't we? <laughs> i know <laughs> it, uber long first episode it's probably worth saying these podcasts will get shorter yes probably will, yeah. <laughs> um yeah it's, it's been so long we just we just couldn't wait to talk <laughs> too much stuff to talk about and yeah. uh, who, who would have known that us talking about five bands each would go on for almost an hour <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's it's good to be back it's good to be back and uh, like we say this is monthly so every month we'll be we'll be reviewing albums we will tell you what we've listened to during the month we'll uh, i dare say fling in some quirky themes at times maybe do some deep dives like maybe like uh, you know if it's if it's a particularly slow month for releases we might just like pick a classic album and just like get into our band and talk about their you know the, the world is our oyster Dave is what I'm saying. Sure. Absolutely, yeah. Um we have got another song to play for you. Uh but before that, just um if you get the chance, um we are on all the social medias. Check us out on Facebook.com forward slash metal epidemic uh, on Twitter, uh metal underscore epidemic and uh, we're on Instagram forward slash metal epidemic. Um, as I said, any questions for us? Want to put some questions towards me or Duncan? Go for it. Any recommendations you want to give to us or um, albums you want us to review? Get in touch. Um, you can email us at themetalepidemic at gmail.com if you want to get in touch with us. Um, man, Duncan also, he is an absolute podcasting whore. So um, he is he is everywhere. Didn't know we were your... calling each other names. <laughs> <laughs> What's that slut? Uh... <laughs> Um, he is he is everywhere. So um, Duncan tells about other shows that we can check out that have uh, 
that I feature yourself. And so yeah, stick with the main one. I think is probably the best idea. So I do a horror podcast called Podcast Under the Stairs. You can find it T Putts Cast. So if you imagine Podcast Under the Stairs, T Putts Cast dot com. Um, and from there, you can listen to everything that I put out, which is a lot. I, d- I do a few shows, is what Dave's trying to say, <laughs> in a nice way. I like my way of saying it rather than his. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you if you like your horror movies, you like movie discussions, come across and check that out. Feeling that, I look forward to speaking to you all in a month's time. Nice. Thank you, Duncan. Um, the last track we're going to play is from The Black Dahlia Murder. Oh, it's a beast as well. Um, it's called Child of Night uh, and as I mentioned earlier it comes from their new album uh, Verminous which is out on the 17th of April on Metal Blade Records I'm going to play that one for you just to see us out in the podcast but we will see you again next month take care, we'll speak to you soon
Timothy.